welcome back boys and girls to another episode of protein ramblings it's why do i go so musical with the intro now you tell me i don't know it might be the caffeine welcome it's me a caffeinated nero it's Naomi. an uncaffeinated naomi always uncaffeinated she can't even have like paracetamol with caffeine and she's <laughs> bouncing off the walls and it's mark not sweet enough already so i need <laughs> sweets mark <laughs> <laughs> and we're back with more Dungeons and Dragons. Three more episodes to get through. Interesting batch. Some yeah. didn't expect the explicit Star Wars reference in one episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really just went there. <laughs> yeah. And some questionable spaceship design. Uh, some oh. questionable behavior in general, especially in the first episode, I think. So, just before we get into everything, since what we discussed was on the last episode about the whole, like, the group thing and Eric. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I can't watch it now without feeling a bit like, no, fuck you guys. Eric is right. Like, this <laughs> yes, is like, exactly. every time, every time they're, they're negging on Eric, I'm just like, no, this is I, all. I, it's not them. It's the voice of some fucking 80s anti D D moms. Yeah, just some Karens. Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, oh my He's God. Just set up everyone's... failure every time. Yeah. Even when he succeeds, though, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's okay if it's every now and then. Yeah, but, but yeah. every single episode and the end of every episode, he's the butt of the joke. You know, it, without fail yeah it's, it yeah. it sucks yeah i feel bad for eric yeah eric it's just like when you mentioned um Oon's stuttering mm. but you mentioned that really at the end of the series and <laughs> yeah. it's you know we're less than half we're less than a third of the way through and yeah it's like, oh eric oh yeah <laughs> we feel for you buddy yeah i feel for eric <laughs> eric and the thing is like by his archetype as being the rich kid and the kind of preppy you know generically handsome one He's, you know, he's like uh, Robert Down, Robert Downey Jr. from She's mm. All That kind of thing. Yeah, but he's not. He's like he's 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 below Presto in the pecking order, and Presto's <laughs> the fucking chess club. And I kind of feel like today a character like Eric, you know, the the rich country club boy who plays polo and rides horses, he'd be like the hero of an American story. Yeah, or, or I find be, it weird that they're all Republican. pro Hank. They're yeah. so pro Hank. Like considering it's Dungeons and Dragons, which you know essentially has been a nerdy game for years. They're like, yeah, they're jocks. Like they're mm-hmm. great. Maybe maybe it's all uh, <laughs> secret Aryan Brotherhood. You know, <laughs> just to keep it with our run- our running theme. It's literally just because he's the oldest. There's nothing else. Yeah. That's Hank's. Well, he, I mean, his, uh, it's not his personality so, or leadership. No, that's for sure. Again, before we get into it any further, there's one other thing. I found a site today. Uh, What's it called? Vidzon. Vidzon. I'll post a link to it in the show notes. A guy has made his own full fan game that's like a Streets of Rage style beat and but Dungeons and <laughs> the Dungeons and no, Dragons cartoon, amazing. and it's free to download. And it, oh it's amazing. You, and all the all the different characters have their powers. I found like a YouTube video of uh, him playing through playing through it using Sheila. <laughs> yeah, it's really really <laughs> the cool. Most useless of all of the characters. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. If I if I was gonna pick any of the powers, I would pick Sheila's. Like, oh, it's she, a great power. She just can't use it for shit. Yeah, it's not like a, I don't know. She does all right with it on power. the third episode. No, 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 no. We'll get to that. But no, no, no. <laughs> she does not use it well at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it then. Without further ado, we have episode ten: The Garden of Zin. Garden of Zin. Is this? Is this like a wine, a wine uh, vineyard? Uh, Zinfandel. It's. I mean, it could be. It looks very nice. I like a big condition. It did look. It, look it, it, it did look like a chateau. It's very pastoral. Yeah, it, it did actually. Yeah, except it couldn't be like a, a traditional French chateau and be Zinfandel because that's an American grape. Right now, you know. Anyway, we don't open there. We and open. Knowing on, is half the battle. <laughs> we open on some kind of 
fungus forests, like these really tall trees, but with kind of mushroom growths coming out of them. And we see Bobby and Eric chasing a, like a dinosaur chicken dragon. This really kind of useless little, I don't know, <laughs> man sized dragon. Dinosaur yeah. chicken da- dragon. It it's like screeching and clucking. Yeah, as they yeah, run. yeah. And then. I- I thought they it was going to be like they're being chased by this yes, thing. Yes, me too. <laughs> it was a good bait and thing. switch. As they're chasing it, it kind of just plunges down a hole and we see Sheila looking on and complaining. And apparently they were going to eat this thing. They were going to catch it and eat it. It didn't look like good eating, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, it probably is a step up from squirrel. Like, Iguana's supposed yeah. to be okay. Yeah, maybe. Snake. Reptile meat's not bad. I've had alligator before. I've had alligator. I, I, right. I... I this part because I'm I'm very much I'll eat anything, but I I snake. I know it's supposed to be really nice, but I've had pet snakes and it yeah, jars with me. Yeah, mm. calm once you've done it. Anyway, we then see Diana fishing. So obviously the the situation the party is in is clearly like they haven't eaten for so long that they're literally just chasing down chicken Again, dragons on foot. This is the worst prepared party in any D and D campaign buy, ever. Like, <laughs> They, they never buy shit when they're in towns, you know? They could this get is some always, protein you bars. You know, like least. session zero when you're talking about like what you're going to have in the campaign, nobody ever votes that they'll actually want to forage for food <laughs> and stuff. As part of it, you just assume that they forage. Yeah. Because like when, we, when we started, so we actually had a session yeah, finally last, uh, last weekend. We, we It's been a month or so since we oh, last played, that, yeah. maybe longer. But uh, one of the things, because when we had our first session, we started off in a town and we all had a little bit of money and one thing that we all bought ubiquitously was like ration rations packs. Yeah. Ration yeah, packs. Yeah, so we, we have like a, a store they might have been taken away by the drought and no but we got our shit back we do well, you got your shit back yeah uh, yeah that was a, a point of great contention <laughs> yes it was anyway so diana is fishing and she appears to catch something huge she's struggling against the the rod and they all kind of pitch in to help and they're all pretty excited because <laughs> they're gonna get something to eat and what emerges from the water, but an actual dragon, not a chicken dragon, like a big water I, dragon. I, I, I put a cryptid because it gave me more of a Nessie kind of vibe than yeah, a dragon I, vibe. A dragon nest monster. A lake yeah, monster, definitely. yeah. And, and this then starts chasing them down and it grabs Diana and it's lifting her up to its mouth and she wedges her staff into like into the cavern of its jaw and the staff breaks, which really shocked me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weapon's gone. I Holy thought it was shit. unbreakable. Yeah. And I thought this was going to be the plot was like, oh, we've got to fix Diana the staff we no, must it's just it's just fixed again in the next yeah <laughs> yeah hank then uses an arrow maybe it's like a lightsaber to, yeah maybe or like a worm no wait they but it snaps yeah. no actually <laughs> it does it snaps, snaps yeah, yeah. so hank then uses an arrow to rope the the water the lake monster's mouth shut so diana is able to escape his arrows are the swiss army knife arrow they literally he's actually yeah. a magician yeah he's not actually a ranger no not he? at he's, all he's got magic like no no ranger no arrows in any D D do this uh, this many it's things too, uh, yeah like yeah. a magic item bow right mm. but yeah it's way too high level for yeah 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 because yeah. it's just literally whatever the situation MacGuffin requires mm. yeah it is and yeah. it's a MacGuffin. it's the, it's the ring of light basically <laughs> yeah, it, yeah i mean it's, it's a light source a lot of the time as well yeah yeah he just pulls an arrow doesn't mm. he and it knocks an arrow is this why he's lights. the de facto leader because he has the most useful weapon i like wow. the idea he just pulls an arrow like he's going out on the pull for arrows Anyway, Bobby then charges into attack and basically narrowly escapes being bitten in half. 
Sheila kind of yanks him out of the way at the last minute and we see he gets scratched on the arm by mm-hmm. the, the lake monster. So of course he then charges in again and he uses his club to create a tidal wave and this basically washes the lake monster away. I felt really bad for this lake monster. Yeah. It did nothing wrong. They fished it, it provoked. up. <laughs> they, they provoked it and then they were like, no, we're going to fucking twat this bastard. Like, I agree. I, yeah. No. Lake monster did nothing wrong. I didn't, like, again, here, Bobby is the only one who's RPing his character all the fucking time. <laughs> like, he is yeah. always a barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> he refers to himself as barbarian. Yeah. He's really into it, well. yeah. He's like, really he's kind of, he's adopted this world, yeah. yeah. I don't know how well it would go down if I was DMing and a player character stopped another player character from doing something like mm. that. Like, he ran in and Sheila literally yeah. manhandled and yeah. grabbed him and stopped him. And like, hey, I think we've, like, tension. I think it might have been in sessions with Ian at some point. I'm sure... There have been bits where we have been close to rolling combat between two player characters because oh, we've got man. into proper heated debates. Mm. Well, you and I nearly did it in the very first session. Yeah, of this we, we, yeah, because <laughs> I, I, because basically everyone in our campaign is a fucking halfling of some kind, apart from me and one other guy. So I just made nothing but short jokes for the entire first session. Yeah, and I was going to throw it out. <laughs> and it literally got to the point where me and Naomi, our DM Paul was like, are you ready to roll for combat? And I was like, hell yes, but then you didn't let us just move <laughs> yeah. things along. Like, P- PC contact is something, I've, I've blacklisted it. I'm having it at my table, basically. So, got enough enemies in my head. <laughs> so after the, the lake monster is some away, Bobby quite promptly passes out. And yeah, we see Diana fix her staff by just pressing the broken ends together, which kind of ruined my idea of what the episode was about. But it, like, it felt like a bit of a cheat, actually. It really did. Yeah. Legitimately, I was I was of the same mind. I was like, what? She just plugged two ends together and it just went warm. How many times has she broken thing? the staff that she just knows that's she, what you uh, She Konami code. Up, yeah. up, down, down, and left, right. <laughs> Stick together. And as she's doing this, the party realise they, they need Dungeon Master's help for Bobby. We then promptly cut to a jungle and Hank is Well, they said they're going Bobby to through. go and find Dungeon yeah. Master, which, is which like, they've never managed to no, do before. Really he just appears plan. in a pop. What they need to do is go and put themselves in a really, like, inopportune situation for Dungeon Master to appear, yeah. like crossing a treacherous bridge or being in a field of lava and he'll pop up well I mean, they just I guess... need to stand next to a dungeon master shaped or sized item <laughs> yeah just yeah, think he'll walk out from behind it. it yeah yeah but i mean i guess being in the jungle with a feverish bobby does the trick because dungeon mm. master does appear and he tells them that he can't help bobby because this is a natural poison a magic can't i called all the poison. bullshit on this so I, yeah, I think he was no yeah no i'm sorry you are a uh, you are an op fucking magician in this I world feel like magic you can probably do nature. yeah you can yeah. probably do anything that you want at this point <laughs> he just doesn't want to doesn't no want to no he tells them the he cure. wants to let bobby die <laughs> well bobby's the best one though yeah <laughs> he tells them the only cure is the foot of a yellow dragon and then he tells them to head north to the garden of queen's inn and disappears and sorry north is such a vague direction to give someone how like for how long i won't mind when they get there and they fit the fork in the road he's like oh head south <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> I, I'm starting to think that Dungeon Master doesn't understand like compass directions and navigation no. at all. <laughs> I think Dungeon Master is constantly lost. Yeah, maybe that's the real issue. <laughs> maybe he's following the kids, hoping they'll get him something useful. Uh, so Eric complains about being hungry, which is fair, because we know they hadn't eaten for a while at the start yeah. of the episode. But he's told he just has to shut up and suffer because Bobby is sick. And we then cut to the fairy tale, uh, fairy tale style castle, which we alluded to at the beginning. They see like beautiful pastoral scene. There's verdant hedges and lawns and this very Disney-esque castle. It's like castle. the Disney castle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah very much and so. And we go inside to the throne room and, and what we must assume is Queen's in sitting on the throne. 
and she's this just black-haired She-Ra. Yeah, she's yeah. just kind of generic, I, sexy I, fantasy I, I thought lady. She, I thought she was kind of hot. See, mm, yeah. generic, sexy fantasy lady. Yeah. And this fog enters the room and turns into a kind of insmouthy looking guy. Then let's be honest here. This was a smoke penis. This was very <laughs> phallic at points. I called it a foggy thing. <laughs> that's what she could. That's that's that's, that's, that's why I call yeah. your penis. That's yes. disturbing. <laughs> but it, yeah, it turns into like this. Like, I mean, it's not a fish man, but that was kind of my best guess. It did look a bit like a he fish man. Like I, I kind yeah. of just called them golems yeah. because I couldn't really decide on what they were. We find out they're called like what they called shadow stalkers or something. Oh, I didn't even. But that doesn't really that. tell you anything. They're they're in his mouthy for sure. And he tells the queen that a suitable knight has entered the realm, and she asks if this knight can survive the trial of the worm, which. Like, I've just finished reading Dune. Nero got, is I'm, halfway yes, through Dune. <laughs> we literally just... I had high expectations. <laughs> my, my, my note here is basically D&D goes Dune. <laughs> it's D&D it sounds goes Dune. much less epic than The Trial of Courage, though, mm, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, The Trial of the Worm. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the... the like, uh, what was it? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. The Trial of the Worm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> eat, eat this worm. Yeah. Have a widgety grub. <laughs> Imagine doing the litany of fear against fear over like a worm. Mm-hmm. You'd look so pathetic. Anyway, the the, the Innsmouth man says, yes, thanks to his magic weapon, this knight can survive the trial of the worm. And Zin says she must have a king soon, or the spell will be broken and mm-hmm. she'll lose her throne. So we know there are high stakes at place here. Mm-hmm. And we then go back to the party who are still walking through the jungle, obviously lost. I don't know if they're going north or not. They... No, they're going north. Eric goes off to find food and just finds this bag of fruit and veg and baguettes on a rock just yeah. suspiciously left out in the open in this realm <laughs> yes. too. so he takes that and is immediately grabbed by uh, like a donkey man and the party run into the rescue and Eric's like attack him get him get him get him but the donkey man begs Hank not to shoot and then he gives them the food anyway after having initially stopped Eric and being like that's mine he's then like well I guess you can have it yeah he's like genuinely just a really nice affable donkey man, yeah. Donkey man. yeah. And so he then invites him Back to his house. I might call him Don Quixote. We might. Did anyone else think when they asked for his name and he said his name is Salons, I it sounded like he was saying Sirloins. Yeah, I was very I, confused about it. And I, I thought there was a meat joke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, there was just going to be meat jokes. I had it down as Solaris. I had it down as Salars. Yeah, that's what I've got. Which Solaris. when you Solaris. get his full name. Solaris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he invites them back to his house and he says they can bring Bobby along to rest. His Eric house is, is hobbit as fuck. It, it really is. Uh, Eric is suspicious because Salaz is ugly, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, we can't trust this hideous beast. And somewhere in all this, Sheila mentions Zin, and Salaz tells them that if they go to the Garden of Zin, they'll only find evil. There's yeah. nothing that can help them there. So playing the meta here in regards to like Eric being driven by effectively by the voice of moms or supposed to be and like everyone's supposed to be anti Eric because he's but it's not, not that he's the voice of no no but moms, like but yeah he, you're supposed to be anti what Eric says yeah in this one instance yes it was valid because he's like no he's judging a book by its cover mm. this was like the one time I was like as you know Eric is wrong here I think you've got to sprinkle in a little bit of that to keep him as a credible character I guess mm. and. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you can kind of pick apart the writing and the characterization on that. But I think even though we know Eric acts the way he acts because of parental diktat outside of the cartoon, he is a fairly consistent character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, they they go to Salah's house and after a little bit of peer pressure, he does actually give them directions to the Garden of Zinn. Mm-hmm. And Sheila decides that she and Bobby will stay with him because Bobby can't move now. <laughs> the like, directions of it's beyond the dark yes, forest and, over and the, the desert valley of smoke. Something. The valley of smoke, that's it. And then my next note is in block capitals, another hard geo yeah, change. Yeah, really. Is. So <laughs> Sheila and Bobby stay with the Salah's and the others set off. And it's just like, yeah, the jungle ends and then it's desert. Well, it, Do you it's, know what? 
we mock this, but I've I have actually been to places that are a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think about like a jungle on well, the beach, I mean, for example. Yeah, like, yeah, to be it honest, is a straight line and it's kind of it's also nice after Jace and, and Visionaries to an extent to have like different Actual, environments. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Not or like this is the mountain, rock plaza, uh, planet. You know when you reach the tree line mm-hmm. yeah. the mountain. Yeah. It really does just change mm-hmm. like yeah. in a straight line that's true. as well. So. Yeah. But it doesn't often change from a jungle to a crater wasted wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is basically like, yeah, it's kind of uh, a wasteland of geysers. Geysers, yeah. I'm so, yeah they're they're filled with lava. These are like, they're, the they're basically geysers. tiny. It's mini volcano. It's like the pot pot version of a volcano field. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's what it is. It's crazy golf Mordor. <laughs> so they reach this valley of smoke and they come to a fork in the road, which engenders great confusion. And Diana asks if they should go back. And at this point, Dungeon Master appears to tell them to eat very straightforwardly says no take the road to the south bear in mind that he initially told them to head north yeah and eric sets off with great confidence but hank then figures something is wrong because dungeon master is not talking in riddles Mm -hmm. so eric then goes back to dungeon master to test him and he asks him what nickname he gave eric when he got his shield which dungeon master can't answer and then a second dungeon master appears and we have a dm face off they finger blast to high heaven <laughs> a lot really of finger blasts it's a great and, battle yeah. and I noticed here that the, the sound effect of them finger blasting is basically the same I'm sound effect stop saying finger blast <laughs> same, same sound effect as the blasters in Star Wars <laughs> pew pew like it, oh, if yeah. you listen to it it's very much yeah. the same as the blaster sound effect mm-hmm. from Star Wars so the party want to help but they don't know which dungeon master they should trust none of them no I mean like in general the just none of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Hank fires an arrow which turns into a rope at one of them and this turns out to be an imposter and it's like it's either the same fish man or a fish man from earlier mm-hmm. yeah smoke, um, smoke smoke monster type yeah. thing, right? smoke penis and Hank says he knew which one was the real dungeon master because dungeon master taught them to only use force to defend themselves mm-hmm. so they think they've resolved this problem like they've figured out the fake dungeon master and they ask the real dungeon master which way to go and he says the right road is not the left which is yeah okay but really so they go right yeah uh, i think we're kind of yeah. left with a with a hint that maybe this dungeon master is also not on the level i'm sure he just like he looks, he just looks at them suspiciously it, but that could just be normal yeah, dungeon master thing, behavior it's, it's hard to tell because a dungeon master <laughs> is just by cackles de- a bit yeah, yeah. yeah exactly he's <laughs> just by default like shifty, master, yeah. shifty fuck yeah. yeah which is standard yeah <laughs> one might say he's a saucy backer <laughs> but they might <laughs> back at salah's house bobby is cold so sheila's looking for a blanket and she opens this chest Without asking Slaz if she can go, she just starts going through his shit. Mm. And inside she finds a, a crown and these really rich robes and Salas freaks out and is like, you can't see that stuff, put it away, put it away. That's my cosplay. <laughs> it's very important to me. We go back to the party and we realise that they I wear it when lost. I masturbate and cry. <laughs> There's a bit in that interaction where Salaz, I think, does get a blanket and gives it to Bobby. He does. Yeah, she he does. Sheila, Sheila, like, hats him like he's an animal. She's, yeah. very, she's like, oh, thanks, yeah. Salaz, and pats him. Mm. Like, yeah. Very Ooh. condescending, very kind you of like, I'm being nice to the ugly person. Um, oh, apparently it works a charm, as we yeah, find out later. Yeah, it does. I have my issues mm. with that, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so the party we find have clearly gone wrong somewhere. They're just like standing around being confused. And these vines emerge from the ground and kind of pin them down, and they're sucked sort of waist deep into the ground I, by them. I literally just said they get hentied out of nowhere. Hentied <laughs> <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Dungeon Master appears again and refuses to help them, at which point he takes his true form, which is the fish man. Yep. And then another Dungeon Master appears and also takes his true form of a fish man. <clears throat> and the party are all just sucked underground. As I as I put, they're going deeper underground. <laughs> <laughs> 
90s. Yeah. I love how the fishmen are like, maybe they won't survive the trial of the worm <laughs> yeah, like, at this point. They're a little bit <laughs> shit, like, oh, well. actually. But they, the, the fishmen go back to the castle to update Queen's Inn, and they're mm. like, it's all in hand, don't worry about it. And we go underground, the party been I released. love how they're still obfuscating who the knight is. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, they're like, the knight is confusion. here. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you, you knew it had to be Eric. Of mm. course, this would yeah. only happen yeah. to Eric. So, well, he's the only one who's dressed like a knight. Yeah, that's true. That was a bit It would have been great if it had been like Diane. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like she's a little, she's a little bit queer, queer po- a little bit of queer, but she's the one who beat the trial. Yes, of the exactly. Actually, Very well. much yeah. so. Yeah. Because she Diane goes well. We'll come to it. Well, she yeah. goes full Fremen. She really does. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, we're underground with the party, and they discover there are worms everywhere. We we cut briefly back to Bobby, who is now unconscious. And Sheila's still going through Salah's shit. She <laughs> finds some some kind of like beaker flasks and things full of chemicals. And she asks Salah's if he's a doctor beaker or flasks. a wizard. Beaker flasks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Science flasks. Beaker flasks. Trade with Professor Honeydew. <laughs> <laughs> she asks Salah's if he's a doctor or a wizard. And he's very kind of like, no, don't ask me about this stuff. So she keeps well, pressing him and asking he, him more questions. He says he's dabbled in magic. Yeah. And he um he does get quite touchy with her. I'm just like my immediate. I'm just like meth lab. It's meth lab. It's fucking meth no, lab. No, I think of the science <laughs> like, montage. Oh, I'm just, I'm just getting the... a bit moody with, uh, ever since the spell. And yeah, stuff. yeah, like, yeah. Wow, he that, does that's say coke that. For you. Yeah, yeah. And he tells Sheila no one can help him. But no, what it made me think of is the science montage from Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Yes, yes. Like we're gonna make pheromones, and they're just pouring coloured liquids into into beaker flasks. <laughs> so it was a very Dutch compound word there. <laughs> It's a I've beaker or a flask. The, a, a beaker, beaker flask. flask. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! It's like a container box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's what a box does. It contains. Anyway, he, yeah, he says the spell makes him lose control. He tells Sheila that nobody can help him, and then we go back to the party, and Hank is leading the way through the tunnels. This time, using his arrow as a light source. Mm-hmm. Presto finds a worm in his sleeve, and Diana suddenly twigs that worms dug the tunnel they're in. Yeah, because I think it's pre- like one of them wonders aloud. Who- yeah. What dug this tunnel? Could even do a thing like this, and Diana's like, "I bet it was a worm." And uh, specifically, this giant worm that has just appeared behind us. <laughs> My immediate thing is like, "What could do something like this?" I was like, "Drill sergeant." That would be the most meta fourth wall breaking thing. <laughs> just like the team, well, the D and D team, were just run over by drill sergeant. Well, like vines, vines <laughs> pulled them underground. Yeah, so, and the, yeah. but look, it could happen because we now we know from a later episode that Star Wars exists in the home world of the Dungeons and Dragons kids. Mm-hmm. So knockoffs of Star Wars could exist. <laughs> and, so, I see. and we like we in the latter episode in the last episode on this, we have aliens, so mm-hmm. there could be a Jace out there. Exactly, they could be in the exactly. world. It's all on the table. So yeah, they're, they're chased I by this giant I wonder if worm. Detective Munch is out there somewhere so Probably. we can connect it yeah. to the X-Files. <laughs> and they, they hit a dead end and Diana just, she just completely takes charge. She's such a fucking boss. She just vaults onto the back of the worm and thwacks it with her staff until it obeys her. <laughs> and she gets the others to jump on board. Because that is how you tame animals. Yeah. Also, you whisperer. saw June, right? <laughs> yeah. Down, back, she down. Does, she does go full Fremen. It's she quite really funny. does. She just gets this worm to tunnel up to the surface. I have issues with this. They would all be dead. That tunneling <laughs> through, like, what protection have they got? It's, it's, they're, they're riding just, on like, the, its head back. They just get, like, they would come out with just... Either unconscious, facefuls of dirt, like they, uh, yeah, no, no, wouldn't work. <laughs> it wouldn't work, but it does work. Yes, just cartoon. And they emerge in the surface outside Zin's castle, and the worm retreats back underground. 
And that's the trial of the worm, I guess. I don't really know if there was a right way to do that, but Diana It's, it's it. a lot easier. It's than... very much like Dune, isn't it? Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can you get it? on a worm? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. I would not be surprised if this was in, this bit was influenced by Dune. You know? <laughs> if this I, like... was the one thing you took away from Dune. <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking, though. Like, Man, you, I mean, the white saviour stuff was dark, the, the but the Venn, worms, the, they were great. The Venn diagram of people that like Dune and D&D writers is probably a circle. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Anyway, the stalkers then appear and teleport them into the throne room to Queen's Inn, and she explains that she's looking for a king, and of course she has chosen Eric. <laughs> Immediately, Diana and The party are, are like, incredulous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they really are. <laughs> and Eric initially refuses, but Zinn then offers him riches, basically. Mm. So, yeah, he says he'll stay. Bitches. Yeah, <laughs> he says he'll stay if she helps Bobby. And they tell them they tell her that they need the uh, the foot of the yellow dragon, and they're yeah. obviously expecting a dragon, yeah. which makes sense. Really, they have no reason to think otherwise. I immediately knew it was a fucking plant. Yeah, you had to be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it just so. sounded like you know the the most Chinese medicine plant ever. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're like, we need to slay it. And she's yes, like, <laughs> come it. with me to my garden, and she shows them this like really hella big ugly plant. It's Audrey three. We've yeah. already had Audrey two. No, we've already had Audrey, Audrey three. So this is Audrey four. Audrey four. Mm-hmm. But she breaks off a bit of its root to give to the, because that's the claw is the root. And the way she breaks it off, it's like it's a piece of cake. She literally, it's <laughs> like it's a melon ball. Yeah. She, she pulls a perfect sphere out of it. Yeah, and she gives it to them and the party then set off back without Eric. And as they're leaving, Eric kind of casually drops Salah's name into the conversation, which we see Zinn kind of get a little bit like, huh? and Catchy. she... <laughs> discreetly tells the stalkers to make sure the party don't make it back to Salaz. Mm-hmm. And she says, once I have my king, my spell can never be broken. So obviously, like, we're seeing know, the connections start to form here. Yeah, and like, I mean, you know, she wants to be, like, I don't know, like, she's not, like, that evil. Like, yeah, okay, she, she in the context of general royalty, fucking over your sibling for... for that's the, basically for, how that's, you become That is royalty 101. King. People yeah. seem to love her as well. During the wedding, yeah. it's really yeah. well attended. Everyone's yeah. really into like it. Everyone's being forced to be no, there. No, everyone's yeah. really into it. So I don't think she's like that evil. Well, we she just know. did what royalty did. Exactly. Stabbing the mm. previous king in the back is the best way to ascend to the throne. Yeah, like, Definitely. it's just how, how royalty mm. works. And, yeah, so, and, you know... Like Eric was. If gonna, anything, if anything, er- she didn't kill him. Yeah. So that's better er- than some. Eric was gonna get laid, damn it. <laughs> yeah, we'll come to that as well. Yeah. The party are now heading back to Salars and they get intercepted by the Innsmouth men, so a fight breaks out. And Salars and Sheila Innsmouth <laughs> Mr. Innsmouth. Salars and Sheila are close enough to hear this commotion from inside his hut, so they run out to get involved. And we then come back to the castle where Zinn is about to marry 15-year-old Eric in a very lavish ceremony. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, as we've said, this is a very well-attended... That's royalty. We're yeah. talking about. This is exactly like I mean, royalty. I don't know how old she's <laughs> that's, supposed that's to be, late. but she's very eager to marry this teenage she boy. She is much taller and more developed than he is. Yes, so. yes, 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 definitely. And they're, they're exchanging the vows, or the, the priest is reading the vows to Eric, rather, and there's a lot of kind of like, do you swear to take on the dragons and the demons and battle the lava monsters and the stone god, and he's getting very intimidated by this and like visibly wilting. But Zinn assures him that it's just, you know, it's just ceremonial, it's, he doesn't have to worry about anything. We then go back to the fight with the party, and Sheila's run out to help. We see the party get taken down by the stalkers. At which point Salaz comes out and starts waving around one of his beaker flasks and he threatens the stalkers with a potion. Hell of a potion. Yeah, they because they then descend on him, but he uses the potion to, I mean, basically petrify them, doesn't well, he? What it does yeah. is turn... This was the potion Sheila was holding earlier. Yes. He was like, no, no, put that down. <laughs> like, yeah, that right. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So what it does is it turns them into a storm cloud. Mm. They get all electrified and then all of a sudden they're just petrified. Yeah, they're just that's like on wow, the ground stone. That's, that's pretty epic. Oh, I've dabbled in magic, just some casual petrification. Yeah. 
so yeah, he does he does this, and then he kind of walks away sadly. Yeah, and Sheila hugs him. But she cries. She does. Him. She cries tears of gratitude she upon him hugs. as she mm. hugs him. Uh, Uni calls Sheila Roy to send to body. To body? To body. <laughs> and we see Salah start to be like... That's all he like, is to you, isn't it? A it's body. A body. <laughs> body the barbarian. Um, <laughs> that, that is, that's actually quite a good... That's a, that's that, a porno, that is a porno that's route a porno. there. Yeah, that's a porno route there. <laughs> Salah starts glowing. And we, we go back to Bobby's bedside where Sheila... Sheila is giving Bobby the cure and he's just instantly revived. He's just better. It's it's great. Everyone's happy. And then enter Salaz, who is now a handsome king or a handsome noble. Bobby is the same insta better that Flora is in that one episode yeah. where she gets yeah. it. It's just like, as soon as you give it, she's like, oh, fine. Yeah, are you telling and me that's natural? There's no recovery Salaz is Ulysses yes. in a crown. Yes. <laughs> Once again, the, the beautiful man is a Ulysses. Yeah. yeah, and he just sort of strides in. He's like, I am Sir Lawrence, heir to the throne of Zinn. I was transformed. He just info dumps. He's like, I was yeah. transformed by my sister to be a donkey man, but your tears of gratitude broke the spell. And the party explains Eric me. is yeah, basically Eric is about to marry Queen Zinn. And Presto's like, well, at least she's beautiful. At which point Sir Lawrence is I was like, like yeah, that right. <laughs> actually. And we find out the spell will rebound upon her now that it's been broken. So Zinn will become a beast. And we go back to the wedding and as Eric's kind of getting ready to be like, I do, I do, we see Zinn glowing and she transforms into the like a donkey beast i felt kind He's of like fugly for... i'm out <laughs> yeah. it really is in my felt, they just bailed i felt i felt kind of bad for her because she's not like she it's not like she gets into a bloody rage or anything like that she's just really sad yeah 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 and you know, if fairy tales have taught us anything, it's that women dig the beast much more than the prince he turns into. Yeah. So Salah should have just mm. stayed as a beast. He'd probably have been. I, I don't know. There's a bit of a difference between the be- the typical like kind of burly beast from like the Beauty and the Beast and Donkey Man. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, beast is sex. <laughs> like, no woman has ever watched like. Orson Welles' Animal Farm and been like, yes, that's... <laughs> but maybe some men in Washington State have. <laughs> someone out there has. Don't, yeah. don't belittle well, actually, the donkey Actually, from, from what Naomi told us last time, we know yes. she's exactly. like... <laughs> so we then go back to the party and Sir Lawrence is asking 13-year-old Sheila to be his queen. I got really, I got really like, oh my God, she's 13. And then I thought, stopped and thought about it and I thought about kings, royal, uh, royal and yeah. like, you know, medieval kings, Tudor was, kings. And I was like, actually, that tracks. That was the Middle Ages. <laughs> yeah, but well, they are sort of Middle Ages. That's sort of where they are, right? But she you was know, a modern I, 80s castle. girl. I'm pretty sure there is no law enforcement agency in the D&D world enforcing an age of consent anywhere. Yeah, that's probably true, but it's still not <laughs> okay. I was more concerned about the fact that he's done nothing but like sort of spouse abuse in, in his own <laughs> home and <laughs> thinks that that's uh, a worthy relationship for <laughs> yes, marriage. Yeah. You know, don't touch my things. Yeah, you don't, touch my don't things. look at my stuff. Get I, out. Yeah. I've got a problem with a spell, but I'm not going to talk about it openly. These yeah. are not the basis of a, no. for, this a is, firm this, marriage. This is this is this does not concern you, woman. Get red the flags, away. red flags. So yeah, she go she make me a sandwich, bitch. And then dungeon she, master. To be fair to her, she is like thanks, but no. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's it. yeah. She politely declines, and then dungeon master appears to basically congratulate Sheila on being a decent human being. You know, like, hey, you were nice to this ugly sod. Like, you're a special person. And Eric lays hands on Yes, because he doesn't hell. believe it's the real dungeon master. 
<laughs> and he's he says something to the effect of if you're the real dungeon master i'm a blue nose baboon blue yeah. hair and so of course he is transformed into a blue nose baboon and everybody laughs at eric who's had a fairly traumatic experience actually when we think about it yeah the that's marriages. the first time we've seen someone touch like dungeon master like yeah that, like, in Venger, though and like he's shaking him about and everything <laughs> he really it's, is it's rough mad. with him which yeah, actually if it. you think about it eric must be under the impression that this is an insmouth man in disguise so pretty ballsy of him to just grab him and start shaking him about. I mean, Eric's competent. Like, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's <laughs> or his dick wet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was about to say he's better than he's given credit for, but yeah, mm. <laughs> that, that's also nice. true. Yeah, right. so, I, like, I didn't mind this episode. I thought, like, no. overall, it was kind of a bit of a... There was no... At no point in this was there any hope of getting home or no. promise of getting home, which I thought was a nice change of pace. It was just it was a, very similar to the episode before where someone was in the swamp of despair mm, or whatever yeah, yeah. transformed into something. That yeah, there was that, but I, I liked that the instigating factor for this adventure was not, oh, a way for us to get home. Mm. It was yeah. Bobby's and shit. We yeah. need to fix Bobby. It was like a weirdly slice of life of what yeah, life would yeah, be definitely. like in this world. <laughs> in the, We're in hungry, like we're sick. <laughs> In the like D and D context as a DM, you know, like every now and then you have a session that's not actually driving the storyline. It's mm-hmm. just a chance for a bit of like character development or yeah, just totally. a side plot or something, and, and mm. you have to have that in there. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was all right, I guess. I like, yeah, it was kind of a mixed bag of episodes. I wasn't sure about episode eleven, which is the box, or, which initially or... <laughs> I immediately thought was going to be a cube. Yeah, same, like, same, same. I was, I was just like, like oh, going to love yeah. this if they're actually in a cube and they have to solve brain puzzles. would just melt. Legit could happen. Like, that would be a great D&D campaign. Yeah. Cube. <laughs> cube yeah, yeah. D&D. Oh, man. You, the thing is, if you're doing that as a DM, you would have to work out some really interesting, like, complex puzzles in each of the rooms for them to solve. Uh, like, yeah. so they have to figure out, like, what's the deadly thing that's going to kill us in this room? Oh, exactly. it's poison oh, gas. Or it's, uh, is it the cheese grater? Like the cheese yes, wire the room? Yeah. Cheese wire grater. <laughs> That's like yeah, the first exactly. kill in the film, isn't it? It's like one of the fucking nameless yes. idiots that you see at the start of the film. He just sluices it's into the, yeah. It's like the, um, isn't it like the French kind of escape artist dude or whatever is? Uh, the Ren. Yeah, yeah no, Ren. He dies a bit later on, doesn't he? No, Ren. He gets, he gets, he gets acid face. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's in it. The room. Yeah. God, I hate that film. I've watched it loads. I fucking love that film. It's great. It's great. so many times. So irritating. I bought that film on fucking cable pay-per-view when it first came out. <laughs> Amazing. I can't imagine wanting to see anything that much. I, was, it, I, also I bought, watch it now. Yeah, definitely. I also bought the 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 like 2000s Godzilla film on cable pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's saying a too low a bar. Yeah. Like yeah. I was that. a kid. <laughs> anyway, episode 11, The Box. It opens in kind of a sun-dappled forest and Eric is standing in his boxes, which I found really weird. You don't often see a character not wearing mm. their... Clothing. Just, mm. My note just says Eric's doing laundry. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah he's he like hanging his clothes up to dry, mm-hmm. but everyone's like standing around holding their noses. And it's established that he has basically been hit by a chicken skunk fusion thing, possibly while searching for food mm-hmm. and foraging. And Presto like starts to cast a spell to try and get rid of the smell, which I really like because he's holding his nose. So he does the what you know, usually you wave over the cauldron yeah. of the ball with your hand. He does it with his elbow. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really good. And he basically magics up a single gas mask that Eric immediately <laughs> snatches up yeah. and is like, ah, oh, this is amazing. I think Diana Diana says him no, looking you look as bad as you smell. Jesus. I Diana know. really fancies Eric. Oh, in the pulling your hair. Yeah, that's what this behavior is completely. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. And then cue earthquake. 
Apple yes. of nothing. <laughs> it's literally just earthquake. earthquake. so strong that it knocks people to the ground mm-hmm. and into the nearby river as well. And this kind of giant crevasse slash small canyon. I'm not really sure exactly. <laughs> this I, I one think this one's either I, way. Well, I think it fell, I think it definitely falls into crevasse because they're able to jump down to it, so it's not deep enough uh, to be that's a canyon. Fair. Mm. That's true. And Hank just pitches in. He just falls straight in. The party look over the edge and like he's laying prone and unconscious. Mm-hmm. And much like the last episode, I thought, holy shit, this is going to be like the plot, mm-hmm. like something relevant. But they basically climb down and get him up and they're like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I'm all right. <laughs> Actually, like he's just taken his whatever yep. 1d6 of mm-hmm. full damage and he, he's good to go. <laughs> When they're, while they're getting him up, Bobby's kind of just down the canyon a little bit, uh, the crevasse a little bit, and he's found this kind of purple loot crate. <laughs> yeah. a word. Like a chest. <laughs> a, a, like a traveling chest. Yeah. It's quite big. Yeah. It's a and, trunk, one might say. Yeah, a trunk. Yeah. And it's got a, a simple padlock on it. Mm-hmm. And Eric immediately wants it open. So my... He's, my he's like, it could have treasure in it. My immediate thought, what, what do we commonly find in canyons, crevasses, and crevices in places like this? Messages from Audric. <laughs> Yeah. Dear Jace, uh-huh. I am now on another world. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot reach me here. Yeah. I think it, uh, Eric's like, oh, it could have untold riches in it. And at which point, dear Dungeon Master appears and he's like, more like untold witches. No, he says undead right? witches. More like <laughs> undead, undead witches. witches. <laughs> Jesus. <ba-dum-tsh>. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Dungeon Master serious face is like, do not touch this. Eric still thinks there's something valuable in there and Dungeon Master's hiding it, but he's like, no, no. But actually, there is something of value in here, but an equal amount of pain and horror. Yeah. At which <laughs> point, my, my note just says, what's in the box? <laughs> he makes it really tantalizing, though, doesn't he? Like, well, yeah. He's like, don't touch it, don't touch well, it, don't touch it. But isn't I mean, it's it intriguing? Got pain and value. It's modern day capitalism. <laughs> when when he box. names the box, I forget the name of it, but I immediately my note is like, okay, this is a Pandora's box it's, allegory. Isn't, it, isn't her name Zandora? Zandora. Like so I thought this name. was going to be a whole Pandora's box, box allegory. Too. Yeah. As well. And yeah. it sort of is, but isn't like it like they they keep pressing dungeon master as well like um diana's like what what is it and he says nothing is in the box but also something is in the box i would slap dungeon master at this point <laughs> like if my yeah, D- uh, if my no, dm talked to me like this i would just be like fucking table no, no, flip. No, because this, this is the classic like it's a hair you know it's mm, a white hair yeah. this is like there's there's a creature called nothing in there and a creature called something in there that mm. can attack you know what I mean? Like that's the kind of base level yeah. shithousery a DM might pull. But, <laughs> yeah. but that isn't it. You're right. That isn't it. So if it, if it's it was the nothing. <laughs> that would be a twist. <laughs> Dungeon Master basically goes on to say that Zandora was like a sorceress and like a really old friend of his, but Venger banished her to another world ages ago. But the box also contains the key to Zandora's freedom and the parties. Dungeon Master produces a map. Which is literally a picture, I think, personally, <laughs> yeah. of Skull Mountain yeah. uh, with a red X at the base of it. Yep. And says... Sorry, which one? one? I was, as soon as you showed that picture of Skull Mountain, I was like, oh, cool, Mighty Max crossover now. It is Mighty <laughs> Max's Skull Mountain, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and basically, she, he says, and this is, a, this is delivered straight, but it's cryptic as fuck, you have to go to the mountain and open the crate in the shadow of the skull at high noon, mm-hmm. which... Is not possible because the whole premise of High Noon is that there are no shadows. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, there are multiple suns on this world. So maybe yeah, that's <laughs> it, what's it's going just on one of the suns, High Noon. Although, yeah, like, if you actually, one? if you look at these suns, they're really closely clustered together. The gravitational yeah, forces yeah. these things would be throwing out would be a complete clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. 
there were trinary star systems. I wonder if it's that quadrinary. I don't know if that's a thing even actually. But, mm-hmm. So he double warns them again, like triple warns them basically not to open it anywhere but where the red X is. And there's some really janky animation actually of like a finger waggling that yeah. comes right on the sc- <laughs> in front of the screen with his face in the background. At this point, for what we found out, this I'd, he's really over over hamming it. That's because really he wants is, his bay yeah. back, right? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. His bay is in the <laughs> box, basically. So Eric follows Dungeon Master and he's kind of mocking him with the whole, oh, it's something, but it's nothing. It's amazing, but it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quite rightly. And Dungeon Master disappears, right? As always, just walks around the back of a tree or something. Diana, with the picture map, somehow works out that it's going to take them a day to get there. Mm-hmm. There's no sign of where they are. This, <laughs> no. this, this map, I cannot describe how useless this is. It is as just a, a picture map. of a mountain. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, so. We cut to a little bit later, I guess, in the day, and the party. Well, we find out it's like two or three hours later. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. they've basically tied some ropes around the box, and they're dragging it. Like, Which is the most the inconvenient way to like just take turns and carry two of you carrying. I can't it. believe they exactly. were doing this. Surely Bobby, as a barbarian, has got some high strength stats, so you he should be able to yeah. heft this. What but they, not, not what they the need. Floor. You know what are they? Yeah. Palanquin, palanquin, or whatever they're called. Like you know, make it lift it off the ground yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, at the rolling very, rolling. at the very least, turn it on the side that's kind of rounded. And not yes. on the like yeah, not yeah, yeah. all the surface area. Yeah. Exactly. Basic physics is yeah. yeah. no, what they need American is the, uh, teenage these, education. These though. guys all skip science class, like physics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They need the luggage from Discworld and then it could have walked itself there. That would have been much better. <laughs> that would have been a great little story, actually. Yeah. I can't believe um, at no point in this have they decided have they not tried to get themselves mounts. <laughs> no, that's true. And it, and we know that they can all horse ride. Mm, so yeah. They've had mounts in the past. They probably died of starvation because they, yeah, they, they, they probably had to eat them. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that, so, that's the, the lost episode of D&D. <laughs> when they have to eat their horses. <laughs> so this is another bit about like a little Eric vignette, actually. like Eric thinks they're lost in the swamp, mm-hmm. and he kind of like starts to drop his rope and stretch out a bit, and Presto loses his footing and kind of falls face first into the swamp. And nobody laughs at this no. at all. No. And then who's the first person to help Presto up? Eric. It's Eric. Eric yeah. helps him up, and and like it, it, it just oh, it just baffles my mind. He's such <laughs> yeah. a nice guy, and they just keep ragging on. And no, everyone would laugh at someone falling face first. Yeah, in the yeah. Completely. It doesn't matter. He's the nerdy guy. It it's, just like, is it, it could have been, it could have been Bobby. It could have been Diane. It could have been anyone. Yeah. If someone falls, people falling over is intrinsically funny. Yeah. It's just yeah. a base level like and human if, reaction. If Eric had fallen over, he would never have heard the fucking end of it. Yeah, completely. Like, yes, Eric is a bitchy kind of moany guy, but like, who the fuck <laughs> wouldn't be in their scenario? Yeah, right? He's, he's if anything, I think if anything, I think line. everyone else is far too glib and fucking optimistic. Like, their <laughs> cheery fucking constant sunny disposition would drive me up the fucking wall. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's okay to be reticent occasionally. Yes, though, definitely. It's like, it's all right to let like, like actually be pissed off with the fucking shit situation you're in. Exactly, and leading on from that, Hank's suggestion is that they basically turn a little bit and head up a small mountain that he can see. And Eric's like, "No, yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing?" Like, and then at this point, Eric kind of snaps and he challenges Hank's leadership yeah. openly and starts a vote. And he's like, "Hands up if you think I should be the new leader of the party." Unfortunately, the vote is interrupted by um, Bullywogs. <laughs> I love the swamp. I love the comic timing of this because it's like, all right, Eric's like, "Hands up, everyone who thinks I should be leader," and then these Bullywogs come out with their hands raised and it, yeah. I just thought it was really good comic timing the people have risen yeah. the proletariat <laughs> is here the, ba- so, the yeah, surrounded by have spoken <laughs> surrounded by uh, bullywogs uh, Eric cedes the vote immediately and dives for cover <laughs> under yeah. the bush 
And Hank uses his jock answer for everything. And he's like, let him have it. And starts firing his bow. Mm-hmm. He disperses a whole group of them. Yeah. Just like, like some easy fireworks, basically. I think Hank is using a loaded D20. <laughs> yeah, he does roll crits all mm-hmm. the time, actually. There's a bit in one of the later episodes where he's falling, but it's just... Oh, God, yeah, like, no, no, no. That is a, that is a character death So right I, when we come to it, I will actually talk about uh, an instance that happened in our first D&D campaign where I actually managed to pull something kind of similar off. <laughs> it's big ball stuff. Yeah, it but, really was. But big dice stuff. I, 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 well, I went into this and I, I, was, I was ready for my character to die, but I, I rolled a fucking yeah. nat 20, so... Mm-hmm. So we see Uni being chased by a bullywug, and it actually manages to catch her. But Bobby is nearby next to a tree, which he smashes with his club and causes coconuts to kind of rain down. The bullywug drops and mm-hmm. runs off. I, I was thinking after this that Bobby never actually hits anything. Again, <laughs> that's like the parent, apart from maybe Eric uh, influence. Maybe. Mm, yeah, no, it probably is. We know mm. there's never any. He's the youngest, and yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Hitting things exactly. And, like, that's acceptable, yeah, right? yeah. There's never like, any the, real violence. But it's okay for everyone else to like the mm. older kids. But even there, you never see. Any of them do anything that could be construed they, they as fatal? Su- unless it's against animals. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They subdue their foes yeah. mostly. Yeah, they incapacitate and subdue. Yeah, they're definitely never fighting run, run to kill. Off, yeah. mm. No. Which is what Dungeon um, Master taught them, I guess. That's very true. Fucking happy. <laughs> he should be trusted, as we know, as a teacher. <laughs> so the party have actually been too busy fighting at this stage to realize that the box is about to be opened. A leader, Bullywork, is wearing like a, an elaborate headpiece, um, <laughs> which is like a little feathery bell i guess it was pretty <laughs> odd um but they're like bully wolves get the treasure or something um, yeah. and with incredible dexterity one of the bully wolves uses the end of his spear to pick a padlock <laughs> and then flick the latch open like talk about high rolling these bully wolves have got great decks <laughs> yeah <laughs> unbelievable and then the bully wolves just like they're like get the treasure and they they climb into the box like I, three or four of them one after the other they basically all do the best uh going down the stairs behind a bar <laughs> yes, joke. exactly and you're like, oh shit, how big is this box, yeah, right? Yeah. It makes you and wonder, Eric... like, did they know that this was going to happen? Is this just what happens when you open a box in this world? You just climb in? <laughs> yeah, what kind of treasure are these Why guys finding look on in a routine first? basis? <laughs> Fully works, honestly. They've seen some shit. They've seen some shit. <laughs> Eric, Eric runs over and heroes out and he closes the box on them and mm-hmm. holds it down. Bobby kind of sets himself up like an American baseball player and he's like, I'm going to whack whatever comes out tip the box over so all the lads in the group tip the box which opens the lid and it's empty inside Bobby's like what nothing's there and and we even the camera cuts to it as well and shows just a completely empty box with a um, bottom proving yeah. Dungeon Master right I mm. guess like it's empty but obviously it has the bullywogs in it as well mm-hmm. Diana fucking extra dimensional cartographer extraordinaire yeah. <laughs> Has now figured out that the map is actually showing that where the box is placed will dictate like what other world yeah. it will access. Mm-hmm. This fucking map is you cannot obviously figure this out. She has obviously navigated using uh, J shapes before. <laughs> yeah, she, she's got like next level arcana skills. Yeah. There's no way she figured this out. I no. like cannot stress that you have to watch this episode if you're listening just to see the picture of this. Yeah. Map. <laughs> it's and hilarious. This, this jump of conclusion that she comes to. Yeah, they, they basically get a rush on to Skull Mountain to find Zandora because they think that Zandora will, will be able to tell them where to put the box to get home. Mm-hmm. Even though Dungeon Master's already told them where to put the box. Oh, something, um, something quite important that we missed earlier is when they were having that first. In uh, a, like 
interaction with Dungeon Master who's telling them about the box. Shadow Demon was yes, spying on them. He's watching from a tree. Mm. And he goes back to Venger. Venger and tells really, him. really, like, scared of him. Like, Venger's in the middle of... Yeah, this is the first time we get dressing some, like, down character someone, I, isn't he? No, Venger is dressing down a lot of people frozen in ice. Oh, no, that's what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, like, well, I, that's Venger's why in, I wanted to mention that Shadow Demon Venger is, had appeared is in before. a fucking... Like a, a stalactite, he's in mountain. his he's in his fortress, fortress of isolation. A, his, <laughs> they're so metal as fuck. His his, his castles. <laughs> it's a giant stalactite that's been carved into, also, and he's in it. Venger has been playing the property investment market because he has got a lot of castles. He's got castles everywhere. Yeah. I've noticed this as well. So yeah, you're right. He's basically giving a dressing down to this kind of orc that's frozen in crystal ice, yeah. like a large one. And the camera pans out, and you see basically there are just these other yeah. creature forms all covered. Ca- covered in ice and he's basically dis- dissing this lackey for fucking with him like you tried to <laughs> deceive me whatever and this is when Shadow Demon appears like I said he gives him the news that he's found the young ones in the box and Venger's like I- he sees through their plan and he pulls out a fucking identical map <laughs> yeah <laughs> again it's a super useful map <laughs> and, and he's like yeah I've got some plans we'll, we'll get them to fail I, I love, the, I love the, the implication of this means that there are photocopiers in this world <laughs> <laughs> This is some mass-produced like tourist trap. Map. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is like map of the stars. Map the stars. Yeah, treasure yeah. map. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which is really relevant considering the next episode. Yeah, and, and the fact that this is actually a box that leads anywhere, I guess, to maybe other planets even. So yeah, the party are in a jungle. They're like the jungle's not on the map. What are we doing in the jungle? And they they actually come across this mountain of skulls, plural. Not yeah. not a single mountain. Not a skull mountain. Skull this mountain is like skulls mountain. Yeah. Yeah. They drag the chest into uh, a shadow of one of the skulls. They even mention that, that they should have been walking. We've not been traveling a day. We've only This is where we find out they've only been traveling for like two or three hours because Dad's like, well, it's only two or three hours. And Hank is just like, well, fuck it. It's a skull mountain. Let's just go. Yeah. I'm like, it's a, but it, it bad can't be leadership. high noon as well. Yeah, it no. doesn't really look anything put it in a like shadow. the picture on the map. No, no, the, but fuck that map, honestly. Like, and, Jesus. And as they're as they're they're going, like, oh, the shadow's moving, which means it's not high noon. <laughs> like your shadows, it's casting a long ass shadow. It, this is maybe it's like the high noon of the first sun, and it's actually the <laughs> yeah. fourth sun that they need to get. How to long the is their day night cycle? Oh, oh is it? In the, I think it's the beginning of the next one where we find out when it rains there, it rains like three days straight. So the weather system there three is three years. Mm, so, sorry, three, three years. years. Yes, yeah. yeah, so the weather system here is just <laughs> fucked. <laughs> It maybe would be it's before uh, sun, so it'd be mad. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's a metaphorical high noon. What? Oh, what? Like as in <laughs> that someone someone's out to challenge them for their life or love or whatever. <laughs> it's the uh, the oh god, what was it? The 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 spot not the spiral zone, the fucking weird wild west thing in visionaries. What was the zone called? The desolation zone. Oh, the, the, the anarchy zone. <laughs> yeah. Anarchy zone. That's it. The anarchy zone. <laughs> yeah. So they put the chest in a shadow of one of the skulls. They open it. Stairs appear inside the chest. And Presto kind of shouts into it. There's no response. And Eric immediately volunteers to say, stop t- to stay topside yeah. um, with Presto to keep the people safe Which who go down to the Which is box. sensible. Someone should do that. Like, it's yeah. very sensible. And he yeah. gets so shit, this is also, he gets again, shit we, for it as well. And it's like, no, he does, this is I think, real. like, you need to keep the box open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if someone came along and just shut the box and moved it? You're yeah. fucked. Because we find yeah. out, even if you only move it a couple of feet, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's another world, literally. <laughs> so it, this is where it actually cuts to the Skulls Mountain and Shadow Demon is there watching them and he's all <laughs> as well. <laughs> can, so we just stop and talk, can we just stop and talk about this Skulls Mountain thing? It's badass design. So like it's got... It's fucking massive. It's got, yeah. uh, it's got so, lots of skulls that are kind of on like elongated 
bits of rock that kind of yeah, like stretch down necks and it's very face. troll yeah very think, it's troll really really cool it's got it, it just a really cool set piece and i really liked it and it, yeah. when we find out a bit more about it later avengers got some power yeah for sure or shadow demon i don't mm. know who's doing it but like yeah so hank sheila diana bobby uni they all go down the stairs and they basically descend into like a dali-esque chessboard acid painting with I, a ticking grandfather clock in the middle of it i, I basically I, I it gave me strong ulysses vibes again mm. like that yes trippy it did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so it's like the chess doesn't actually just take you to like other places it actually takes you to other planes of existence yeah. almost, I guess. <laughs> this you... is like normal things don't work here basically <laughs> it, it, the way it takes you do. to other cartoons in the saturday morning block <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> a few feet so, to the left it had been chippendale rescue rangers <laughs> this is a bit of a callback to uh dark storm's castle as well the black squares of the chessboard start to disappear <laughs> yeah. and, and they all fall through so they're plummeting through this uh, not a net or a web but i guess it's like scaffolding all mm-hmm. this tunnels on the side and hank uses his arrow which becomes a rope yeah he swings he catches sheila on the he way only saves sheila inside. he's like oh everyone yeah. else could yeah, die i just i i, I just want to keep my my my, my bay it, it's a bit of a, a lazy uh bit actually because diana uses acrobatics to get to mm-hmm. the edge and bobby just appears on the edge and holds his club out for for, for uni, uh, uni yeah to land yeah. on to even I, though she can t- teleport yeah, <laughs> like she should have immediately teleported right back up to Presto and yes, up mm, and out. Yeah, and yeah. just been like, meh, meh, meh. Timmy's <laughs> falling down the world. Falling down the chessboard. <laughs> so, uh, uh, as you expect, a giant wasp comes up from the bottom of the pit that they're falling down. Sure. Like a it's, hideously giant. It's wasp. grotesque as well. It's like kind of saggy. <laughs> it, it it has a, a, a yeah, sack. It, it has tail a, comes to a like a well, melted its face, point, and it? its face has got a scrotum quality to it. <laughs> yeah, no, the Dali wasp. It, it's yes, it, yeah. a Dali wasp in a Dali chess set, basically. Presto from above hears the like cries of help, and he goes down. Eric's like, "Okay, I'll just stay up here," but he well, quickly loses his cool. Well, they first uh, hear too. the screams when they fall, and uh, Eric. Presto hears him like, oh, they're in trouble. And Eric's like, no, no, they're testing the echo, <laughs> which made me chuckle. <laughs> Valid points. Yeah. So Eric goes down and as soon as he's out of sight, Shadow Demon floats in and closes the box and has another little chuckle to himself. And they look up the stairs and then the stairs start to dis- disintegrate from underneath them mm-hmm. and they fall immediately straight down the pit as well. And they land on top of the wasp. <laughs> well, they're, they're both they land and they're both like yeah we're safe and they're really happy for a brief moment until they realize oh shit Dali wasp exactly and we get so, a the, bit of a smash cut they just appear on the edge mm-hmm. basically after that the then we get the biggest presto fail i think today yeah like so like hard they fail to, to summon some bug bug killer like like he did before i guess and he basically it, it surrounds the wasp in smoke, and then there are two wasps. That's some serious power. Though. He, he, yeah. rolled, he rolled in that one. Yeah, like there's, there's, yeah. there must be a word bigger than failure for what happens here. Yeah, critical failure. <laughs> yes, um, is is yeah. So this is a very Jace plan. Hank's like, I've got a plan. Immediately jumps off of the ledge he's on into the hole, and he's free falling down yeah. backwards. He pulls his bow up and shoots upwards. A couple of arrows and the arrows this is his crit work right his arrows attach to the wings of both of the wasps that fall mm-hmm. and then he fires yet another arrow that basically becomes like a giant shining rope that goes all the way back out to the chessboard yep he's like and now to save myself and he <laughs> starts to climb up the, yeah. his lightning rope 
so this like the my biggest problem with this entire thing that er, that hank has done is he he dove off there to shoot the wings from these wasps he could have done that from where he was he, mm. this was totally. this was purely bde show off yeah theatrics but the 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 story that i wanted to recount our D campaign where i did something equally stupid but i fully expected my character to die it was pure luck that it <laughs> didn't we were in the process of escaping this giant kraken style beast and we were being kind of airlifted out and it was it was like stopping us and i was just like fuck it i'm going back in and so i dived off with like my sword out and just kind of did a diving like plunge on the thing but i rolled a crit 20 so i killed it so it, and it was Jesus. like it was epic, but I did get dragged underground, and I was separated from the party for a while, and washed up on shore later and stuff. Jesus, yeah, I love D and D. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the imagination runs wild. So they get up to the chessboard, they find out the lid has been closed, and they but the stairs are still mostly there. It's just the bottom of the stairs that broke for some reason. Mm-hmm. So they get back onto the stairs and climb up to the top, and Bobby's just like, "Fuck it, I'll YOLO," and he just yeets yeets the ceiling, yeah, and shadow demon on the outside just flies off of the chest <laughs> lid as it as it flies open and the party are like failure on shadow demons part here if he'd have just moved that that chest like you know 10 inches they'd have been trapped yeah. mm-hmm. I, re- I figure he's incorporeal though mostly right well so he, he, no, he closed the lid but yeah but like ghost from the film ghost he can only do little bits he can't really do a lot <laughs> and to be fair i think i think shadow demon summoned the giant mountain that is in mm, the ride yeah because venger so. isn't there well they do say like, venger did it but well yeah but venger shadow demon is, yeah you know what i mean is. like because venger's elsewhere because shadow demon basically goes back to venger to report on the failure mm-hmm. and venger's not even really that annoyed he's no. like all right well now it's time to get serious with it there's a really odd relationship with shadow demon and venger <laughs> it's not like saw boss and his well, minions where he's like fools incompetent fools well, all the time uh, this this is the first time i think we see actual like characterization of shadow demon because he's a little bit simpering a little bit like scared of he's quite clearly scared of venger yeah, in this episode yeah. definitely he's like trembling when yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. to him and venger's kind of well, like, like and his voice telling off the author. was very familiar to me i'm mm. curious to did the voice he sounded a lot like Starscream he did he um, like he did sound Chris Latter-esque yeah so like outside the box Diana checks the fucking map again (laughs) and she's like maybe the DM was wrong and he appears and is smug effectively (laughs) and is like I'm not wrong and Diana says oh we put it right under the mountain and then they turn to the mountain and the mountain disappears Mm. I guess they an illusion yeah they never see Shadow Demon do they so their assumption that it could have been Venger kind of makes sense within the story yeah Yeah. that's true so yeah we 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 cut to Shadow Demon talk to Venger and then we cut back to the party again they're just pulling the fucking chest it did really annoy me that their sense of logistics is that basically it also really annoyed me that physics. they just did this that Dungeon Master was like haul this box for fucking miles to a mountain and they were like okay no no yeah. further questions because <laughs> you've been so trustworthy on yeah. getting us home before so they they're basically in a desert now and they finally find actual singular Skull Mountain. Um, oh. And it just happens to be midday and noon. It is Chris Latter. No, no, it's uh, Bob oh. Holt. But what I just... So it's Peter, Bob Holt. Uh, no, Bob Holt. But Peter <laughs> Cullen, Optimus Prime, does the voice of Venger. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Tiamat is Frank Megatron Welker. Yeah, because Frank yes. Welker is every animal slash beast slash creature in every cartoon. He did, he did eight, 800 something. He does uni as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But I just love it. It's that crazy. It's, it's Optimus Prime if you, if you and, and Megatron. An animal in a cartoon. It is Frank Welker. <laughs> he is a legend. Definitely. He just shows. He must just rock up through all the studios mm-hmm. that are recording. Also, Nibbler so, yeah, in Futurama. Nice. So it just so it, it, it does happen. So happens that they arrive perfectly at noon, high noon, even though there are shadows on the floor. They drag the chest into the shadow and sort of stand around for a second, like congratulate themselves, and then yeah. Bobby opens the chest, and what I can only describe as an ethnic dungeon master lady <laughs> yes. materializes out of it. Or She's I... kind of got gold bounds around her head yeah. and, and mm. hair and arms <laughs> and neck and stuff. Or is it I... sort of Central American, sort yeah. of Costadel Soul English oh, granny? Or uh, um, as my note just says, another fucking midget magic user. Yeah, so is Dungeon Master, like, is uh, is there a race of Dungeon Masters? Well, my thought or... is like... Well, this just... implies heavily that there yeah. is. Well, my thought is just like, is it the more powerful in magic you get, the shorter you become? The shorter you become? <laughs> because there was fucking... Take something out. Uh, the gnome guy wizard from the earlier episode yeah, as well. Like, true. Like, a lot of the... Real powerful magic users, except Venger, are short bastards. Mm. Like maybe maybe Venger bastards. used to be even taller. Maybe Venger's wearing lifts. <laughs> That's why he's wearing a skirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually three little guys. Venger is actually three magic users propped up together. He's just, got, he's just, still, he's just stilts underneath. <laughs> if you pull that skirt down. <laughs> it's why he never, I would love it's that. Why he never runs anywhere. <laughs> it's true. He, he just sashays. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, if anyone's out there and wants oh. to do fan art Avenger in stilts, that'd <laughs> be amazing. Nice. So, uh, Ethic Dungeon Master Lady uh, says that she can help the team. Um, and she's like, she just teleports them immediately to a stone bridge over a canyon. Yes. A thousand um, times more helpful and, and useful than Dungeon Master has ever been yeah. within like five yeah. seconds of knowing them. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, sure, I can get you home. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go over there. It does cut to under the canyon bridge and a bit of rock just falls off mm. as, the, as they kind of land on top of it. Foreshadowing. Um, and, she, and she opens the crate and uh, she's like, here it is, home, go. Bobby has his emotional moment with uni, but Which is far, like Dungeon far, Master Lady is like, I will take care of you. Yeah. And he's far less concerned than the first time they had mm-hmm. to do this. And he's like, Oh, I don't want to, I can't leave uni, I can't leave uni. And this time he's like, I'm really sad to see you, uni. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherwise it would be the constant stumbling block. Yeah. They'd never get home with her. So I'd like, I, I, I've, I've come around to this and I've just thought, why don't they take her back? Like, because the, the reason I started thinking about this is because, we'll, as we'll come to in a bit, the magical powers from this, the Dungeons and Dragons world, uh, don't seem to transfer across to the mm. other world apart from Avengers. So maybe if they took Uni back with them, she would just become a horse. Mm. Yeah. But exactly. then keeping a horse like, is expensive. This is a big commitment. Really, I'm, sure <laughs> Eric, I'm sure Eric can finance it. Yeah. I bet Eric this has really horses. quickly became like what, like changed from like one of my favorites to almost immediately one of my least favorites yeah. because of what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. So. They jump in, there's a bit of a quake, and basically the stairs disappear, mm-hmm. and they fall, and then they land in the cart, the roller coaster cart, from the opening credits, mm-hmm. and light, a light show starts to begin. They're like, oh my god, we're going home. And then cue Venger, <laughs> who's now on the scene. He has no fucking time for Lady Dungeon Master, nope. and just blasts her in the face with like one of his bolts, and she fl- goes flying. He then flies into the fucking crate on the back of, of Nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> No like, way does this fit. Not this, no, it does it's not, not fit. A horse size box. <laughs> this is, he's like, fuck it. And he just eats into it. It's amazing. <laughs> I love Venger gives no shit. Yeah. He's just all power. Brilliant. The party. Um, hey, is this how Venger does sex, though? Like, just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter how big he puts it all in. Play. He'll <laughs> fit. He puts everything yeah. in. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I'll like, make party, it fit. Damn it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yeah, one horn, right? <laughs> the, the part you pull out into the fairground from the opening credits mm-hmm. at night, no yeah. one's around. The time has passed, and they start like whooping and hollering. Yeah, yeah. like fucking hell, we we made it out and and everything. And then this blast hits the wall above them, and it's Venger. Mm-hmm. He's in the real world. <laughs> yeah, and like you're saying, his magic works. He's throwing blast balls, basically. Yeah, unlike the amulet for, that Eric brought through. Like you mentioned before, the magic amulet that he had to turn him out of a frogman, yep. that mm. didn't work. But Venger, strong enough. Yeah. Er- Eric jumps into a phone box and starts to try and call the cops on him, which I love. But then Eric's <laughs> like, I've got no money. That doesn't cost any- is free. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, literally, I, I, sh- I had a fucking shit fit about this. I was like, <laughs> what kind of nightmare version of, the, of America are they living in? <laughs> the current one. The current one. Like reverse charge call for yeah. emergency services. It's like, it's like, you've called the police, we've come out to see you, here's your bill. <laughs> yeah. Venger is frankly fabulous. He, he is yeah. like, give me your fucking weapons. Because they try to use them mm. and they just all duds. It's hilarious watching Hank try and pull the bow and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. he's, hold, he's basically just holding his bow up to Venger effectively. <laughs> yeah. And I think Bobby like hits the ground with his club and he's like, ow. Like, I mean, yeah. like your, wrists would, your wrists would hurt so yeah, much definitely. if he did what he does. So, like, the, well, I'll come, to, I'll come to it as we, as we progress. Actually. No, his magic works. Then. I know, no, but, like, but, fuck but, it. And he starts destroying shit. He's like, blows up a Ferris wheel down the way. Yeah, but like, because the, the, ultimately the team decide to go back because they're like, oh, Venger, if we leave Venger here, he'll take over our world. But he doesn't like, the military. Fuck. Exactly. I, do you know what would stop Venger? A bullet. But also, yes. he just wants the magic weapons. I don't think he wants to conquer their world. He just wants their Yeah, ship. but he says if they don't give him the magic weapons, that he'll stay there and destroy their world. <laughs> well, just give him the magic yeah, weapons. Yeah, it's, it's like, 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 yeah. Like, what happened? Like, who cares if he goes back to the D&D world? It's, not it's like, like they have no concept that they were actually in a fantasy realm. Yeah, and it's not like they bought a fucking summer condo there and they're going to go back once a year for a timeshare. It's like, yeah. you're out. You just... Fuck them. You can stay out. It's barely yeah. genocide. It's, it, I know it sounds it, harsh, but barely <laughs> anyone lives in the Dungeons and Dragons world. Yeah, this vast ways of unoccupied wasteland. No, but more, more aptly, what happens is Venger becomes Dungeon Master's problem, whose problem it should have fucking been yes. anyway. <laughs> well, to be fair, Dungeon Master's likely to just kidnap a bunch of other kids. That's true. Yeah. The cycle. <laughs> like how, how, you don't know how many kids have gone through. Just this. mix up the classes next time. Like, that'd be, you know, that'd let's, be let's cool. try something different. That would be a great episode of D and D. Is if like at some point the party stumble across this mass graveyard, like a mass burial graveyard of just prior kids <laughs> that have tried and died. <laughs> Just like mystical, like a mystical axe that's broken, like yeah. other weapons that just didn't quite work. Or just out. corpses. This is like yeah. one of Venger's castles. Is just where he he keeps all the previous teams. Dungeon Master's tomb, probably. Actually, what would be a, what would be like real a mausoleum? It'd be really good, like subtle nod. If you did do an episode like that, is like have the, some of them that are dressed up like the uh, Scooby Doo and Shag, like the mystery <laughs> team and stuff, like from just different cartoon protagonists strewn across <laughs> the battlefield, dead. Yeah, Jesus. but yeah, that, like, that would like be said, cool. <laughs> like you know, you know how like, ha- how you have like Punisher kills Marvel Universe, Avenger kills Saturday Morning Cartoon Universe. <laughs> <laughs> just the chest. He just keeps moving the chest a yeah. foot. He flies in. Suddenly, visionaries. You know, you're off. Just keeps plowing through. I was, hey, that does mean that, that eventually you'd get. Avenger versus Mumra. Yes. Fight for the ages. I'm sorry, Avenger versus Care Bears. That's what yeah. I want to see. <laughs> Just stuffing, flying, rainbows and shit. It'd be amazing. 
Oh, Avenger like, versus um, what? Uh, like Avenger in wacky races, Dick Dastardly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on Shadow, on, on Nightmare. Yeah. Amazing yeah. man. Oh, like, so Hank's great... idea to run back into yeah. the ride is just frankly ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you're right, but the party are like, yeah, let's go for it. Apart I, from Eric, so, uh, who again sensibly is like, no, yeah, like, this makes I'm no good. sense to me at all. And he's I, not so, changing his mind. Yeah. I I th- I had a theory about it because it's Hank who's like, no, we've got to go back. And I'm just like, I think Hank's got like a power trip thing going on. Like in the D&D world, he's important and they yeah. have to look up. Yeah, to Hank, him. yeah. Hank is that high school jock who's going to, you know, peak at age 16 on the football team, dating the cheerleader. And after that, it's all fucking downhill. But if he goes back to fantasy a bit, world. A bit darker, like Hank's actually like bullied by his older brother mm. or abused by <laughs> his dad or something, I just you think... know, because he keeps expecting too much of him. But in the in the Dungeons Dragons world, everyone looks up to him. Yeah. Mm. Oh, like you say, I think you'd, um, if you remember Scrubs, JD's brother in Scrubs, mm. like he just the perm- he's he never grows up beyond the the high school jock guy. Mm. Uh, he's Peter Pan, basically. Yeah, yeah. well, he's just like yeah, he, I, he he'll forever be working in the local bar and just a complete waste dropout type. Yeah, wow. Either, that, either that. that or he's being sexually abused by the football coach. Wow. Exactly, yeah. And he's like, this is a world where that can never happen. <laughs> yeah. They can't touch me with my magic bow. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe all maybe this entire maybe Master. all this entire cartoon is actually just Hank's escapism from his sexual <laughs> just abuse, biting down on the pillow, yeah. imagining a, another world. <laughs> Welcome to Protein Ramblings, the show where we destroy your childhood. <laughs> Dun- Dungeon Master is actually what his coach asks him to call him. <laughs> So anyway, I th- you're like, it's a bad idea. They all run back in. Yeah. Eric's having none of it. Refuses to go. Venger literally rides up right behind Eric yep. and Nightmare like snorts over his yeah. shoulder. At which point I'm like, just hand him the just fucking shield. Give him yeah. the shield, mate. Give him the shield. Let him fuck off back. Like mm-hmm. he's got your shield, but he, he has to still chase the party. Yeah. You are keen on it. Yeah. Like one one weapon's not gonna stop no. it, like give Venger too much. And power. it's the it is the non-offensive weapon. It's purely mm-hmm. a defensive weapon, right? Exactly. But that's not how this works. So obviously Eric runs back and jumps onto the cart just as it's going and they take the ride back. They appear back at the box and they come out and, and the- Uni is all meh, like super yeah. happy. Everyone's and there. Stone, just like, the stone bridge is... Yeah, she's like, what are, you, what are you doing here? And the stone bridge starts to crumble a little bit further, but it's still, still standing. Venger fucking, once again, fabulous. Oons his way back through. Out, out of the box. And he's like, give me the box and the weapons <laughs> immediately. And the most <laughs> terrifying Jack in the Box ever. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Flaming horse and horned gentleman in robes. <laughs> Love it. Horned um, gentleman. Uh, that's the best description of Venger ever. Was <laughs> <laughs> so he like, well, he's lady. a horned gentleman. <laughs> who was the man who attacked you? Well, he was a horned he gentleman. Was on stilts. <laughs> he, he never seemed to bend his knees. <laughs> he was fabulous. Actually, that's true. We've never seen Venger crouch. No. No. Or sit. Still, still oh no, we have seen it. him sit. We have seen him sit because he had his swooshy captain's chair. That's true. But he might have had um, his legs out. Mm-hmm. Man. E- e- Ethnic Lady DM basically goes to the edge of the canyon bridge and then magics the kids' weapons all off of them yeah. and the box over to herself. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I thought she was going to be evil for a second, actually, when I watched this. And then she opens the chest and just chucks their weapons in and closes it. And Venger just shoots her, basically, with magic. Mm-hmm. And it blows the box like Naomi said, like five feet out of the way, maybe, yeah, and hits the hits uh, Dungeon Master Lady too. He comes down and just immediately jumps, opens the lid and jumps. He's, into he's the box yeah. chased down the into this box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, the Dungeon Master Lady, has basically what's her name again? Zamora has, has totally. It's like Pandora, but with Zandora, a Z. Sorry, Zandora. Yeah. yeah, has completely gambled on this happening. 
because yeah. she closes the lid on him and she's like, ah, oh, the plan worked, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so he is now in another world, I assume, um, and the weapons are where she originally put them. She moves the box back and kind of pulls the weapons Yeah, because the they're all out. like, oh my God, you've given Venger yeah. our weapons. And she's like, no, no, he's in a different world. <laughs> what I yeah. love is the ending when we see where Venger is. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so this is it. So la- la- the Dungeon Master Lady gets the map off Diana and, she- and she's like, well, according to the map, I fucking hate this map so <laughs> yeah. much. She's like, according to the map, Venger is... And then, yeah, it cuts to Venger walking through this stalagmited cave and you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as soon as this happens, like, like you know where yeah. this is. He's walking around, he's muttering to himself about having all the power <laughs> um, and, and, and he finds this door and he opens it and it's motherfucking Tia. Tia Matt. Yes, and, so and, like, Amazing. She was just chilling in the dark. Yeah. Venger's just shed a bunch of light on her. She is not fucking happy. Comes out <laughs> roaring and we just cut away. It's like, I love that the, there's just this one bit of like Venger's just being like, Oh no! <laughs> just like ultimate, like oh fuck! I just love that, like the Tiamat basically opens her front door, and the person she hates most in the world is standing there. <laughs> really tickled me. It's like it's like cold calling, it's the yeah. worst kind of cold calling, like fucking Jehovah's. <laughs> like, Come on, <laughs> hey man! If a fucking Jehovah's Witness showed up at my door dressed like Venger, I'd talk to them. <laughs> I'd be like, "Are you wearing?" Stills? They need to change their outfit. Yeah. No more like white shirts, press shirts, and trousers. They should wear yeah, a fabulous like, skirt and not- a cape and everything. If you want to get some people talking to you, Jehovah's Witness door-to-door in cosplay. Yeah, black yeah. steed. That's yeah. what I need. I need someone on a black steed and a cape with wings. That That's a religion I'd be interested to have yes. to talk about over a cup of tea. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Zandora and the party are all together. The bridge, unfortunately, has collapsed at this point, And she says that it's the it was the only spot anywhere that could have gotten them back home. My immediate Which, thing here was just fucking rebuild the bridge and put the box back in the middle. Surely it's yeah, not we the know rock, they don't, they it's can't the do geographical logistics. location. They, they just spent a whole episode dragging something along the floor with a rope. <laughs> They're not building a bridge anytime soon, these kids. And if it's the geographic, like, so does it, so because... Yeah, it's got to be the geographical Well, the thing location. is, well, that means it's, it's also, it's not just X and Y coordinates, it's also Z, so it's height. Which, plays a factor which we as well. actually also because they know couldn't, is not true. Because, yeah, because otherwise you could just put it on the ground below where the bridge was. Yeah, exactly. And they, they tilted the box earlier mm. and opened it. So unless it has to be horizontal as well. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, it's a magic box. Yeah. Eric is like, no. And he grabs the box and he, he runs the box over right close to the edge, as close as he can get to where yeah. the bridge was, basically. And he opens it and goes down the stairs. But he's promptly assaulted by Bullywogs. It's the Bullywogs the the that they let, they that went in the box earlier. I thought this which, was a Which re- means there's two places. Yeah, yeah. Bullywogs, I mean, there's though. multiple which, entrance points. I, I, I did like that payoff, mm-hmm. though. I thought it was a kind of nice call back to the earlier point of the episode. I didn't exactly. expect it. No. And obviously much rivalry. Everyone has yeah. a good laugh at, at, at Eric doing this stuff. So actually, I mean, in all honesty, I really love this episode. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. though Avengers magic worked in the real world, nothing yeah. else did. I just so my, to his power. My theory behind like why you could potentially explain this away is because though the magic weapons, as we know, are magical items that have been enchanted by Dungeon Master. And we know their power their power is limited. They're, they're going to be need to be recharged again in 300 years. Whereas Venger's power is his intrinsically. His yeah. yeah. It's not you have like to be on in- the same plane as your. But actually, I think. Because he, he, he's not using an enchanted item. No. He is just magical. Mm. He whereas, is an enchanted he, yeah. item. <laughs> he has magical power, whereas the kids don't have magical power. They are being there. They have items which have been imbued with some power mm. by Dungeon Master. And it could be that, like, you know, 
it's a proximity effect to Dungeon Master. And like anywhere in the same realm, fine. But as soon as they cross back into their own realm, that's like the, 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 as far as his wireless range will go. (laughs) And the power he's feeding is just cut off. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It was a great episode. Yeah. It should not have been called The Box. No. <laughs> Terrible title. <laughs> Considering the name of some of the others, like The Garden of Zin. Even like, The it, Box it, you know, of the Zandora box. would have been Zandora's better. Zandora's Box. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, just hit the nail on the head, yeah. whatever. Like, It's so bizarre. But yeah, it was great. I love this as well, because this next episode, uh, episode 12, The Lost Children. The Lost I'm like, are they, how lost are they, Nero? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my immediate thing was like, is this the Lost Boys? Is this a Lost Boy? Is this the yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, I was just like, no. like uh, but no, 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 no. Oh, like, could not be as far from I, it I as could possible. Not have predi- I don't remember this episode at all. I could not no. have and begun to predict what happens. I they don't think they're lost because they know where they are and they know how to get back. They're not lost. They're stuck. They're the stuck <laughs> the stranded, children. They're stranded the stranded children. children. They are not yeah. the lost children. <laughs> so we open up. On, in this episode on a storm and the team are trying to find shelter. Presto magics, they ask Presto to magic up some shelter and he produces what at first appears to be an umbrella but it's actually a fucking bat. It's a great reveal because Eric snatches it from him yeah. but when he opens it this bat just unfurls its wings and just gets in his face. Like, I felt Eric should not have been the butt of this show because he grabbed the bat and it yeah. transformed. Mm. Eric has a fucking shield. It's mm. like yeah. a perfect umbrella. You just hold it over your head. Yeah. But- DM then appears and they're like Dungeon Master what the fuck why is it raining and how long does it normally rain for around here and he's like well last time it rained it rained for three years and I'm like no we've seen rain in this cartoon before I'm sure (laughs) definitely but then a lot of time has passed as we find out later because let's remember, just a, uh, just a point of remembrance, Bobby had his ninth birthday a couple of episodes ago. Mm. Let's just remember that. So the Dungeon Master says that he has found a ship that can take them home. No, he hasn't. No, it can't. But we'll come to that. But the answer to where this ship is and how it will get them home lies with the lost children, which are not lost, as we've mentioned. They ask for more info. The team like, so can you tell us more about the ship or these children? And he's just immediately fucked off completely. That like <laughs> The party... The party are even like lost children. We're lost children. Yeah. <laughs> is it us? Is this about us? <laughs> oh, it's like at this point, it's like, oh, is this the other people that fucking Dungeon Master's been abducted? Yeah, they're just at different points. They're, yeah, they are further down the quest line. <laughs> so the team then get lost again, but they end up in a kind of nice area, a bit, bit of a nicer gladed forest type area. I, there was a little bit of ar- artifacts off in the, in the background. That kind it's like of, Greco-Roman. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah like it gave me gr- a very Grecian vibe, definitely. Hmm. And they're immediately attacked out of nowhere, so someone's like throwing spears or at firing arrows at them. I love this, because Sheila just nopes out. She's like, well, they can't shoot what they can't hit. You guys, fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, damn right. <laughs> That's exactly. the only time in this episode she uses her power well. Okay. And and, and convincingly, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, she so she nopes out and uh, the rest of the team like kind of struggling to dodge and weave through these uh the, the this onslaught of arrows. And it turns out that they're being shot by a load of kids. Bobby goes to attack one of them out of the bush, but it's a girl. And Bobby's immediate reaction is, uh, girls, I don't attack girls. Like, <laughs> I'll get cooties. Like, well, you're misogynistic and noble at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it is that, like, yeah, we're not going to have someone hit a woman, apart from maybe, like, Venger hitting Sheila, I don't know. I guess it's fine if they're evil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tiamat's <laughs> a female. Yeah. I, I, is Tiamat 
like Tiamat might be multi, you know, tr- like multi-gendered. We don't know. <laughs> That's true. Those, yeah. All those heads she is might queen of dragons. Well, the, she could those be heads, queen, like those those heads Yars could. Queen. Well, I was going to say those heads could all identify as different. You know, mm. that's true. It's non-binary. We we need to ask what her pronoun is. I think it is she. I'm sure she's yeah. yeah she's been referred to as she. Queen, just queen. Yeah, there isn't yeah a just queen. Yeah, just King queen. Queens. I am queen. queen. Yeah. <laughs> The team managed to round up the kids. They subdue them. There's a little bit of, you know, Diane gets some acrobatics in. They do round up these kids. And now these kids are largely ginger with gray skin and kind of like white tribal markings they're around. Like tabbies. Like, yeah. They're tabby children. Kind of. Yeah. They, like, they look like they're battle painted, mm. kind of. Yeah, they do a bit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of a little bit, a little bit. It's you no, know, it's just kind of generic war paint, isn't it? It's like yeah, a little yeah. bit kind of old. And they're kind of wearing they're kind of they're yeah, kind of wearing like furry bras and pants. Mm. Loincloths, yeah. yeah. Exactly. They're fucking yeah. weird. <laughs> they are, they are. And we find out how they're they're even weirder as we find out a bit later on. Yeah. So they attack they the 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 team asked the kids why they attacked them. And they're like, Well, we saw your weapons, we assumed you worked for Venger. <laughs> Presto's like, I'm gonna do some sign language and just shout <laughs> yeah. at them yeah. while doing very little sign language whatsoever. Pre- Presto does the typical English person in a country they can't yes. talk the language. He's like, I will have some chips and two beers, please. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And they're like, Oh no, uh yeah, we thought you were Venger. And the, like that they're really taken aback that these kids can speak English because like Perfect English. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Diane, is it Diane or no, it's Sheila? Sheila. She's she like, like, oh, you can speak perfect English. And, and they're like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's... thank you, Daddy, though. Oh, yes, we're awfully good, aren't we? Okay, yes, they are, English is terrifying. They are creepy, but like the, mm. the, 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 the assumption of the party that these are just savages who won't understand yeah. anything they're saying is awful. So the team are then like, oh, so you the lost children? Like, yeah, that's us. That's us. And you're like, okay. That's what so we call each other. We, we refer to ourselves as the lost children. That's even no, we know where we, we all know where we are. Like you're not the lost. They even know where they're going from yeah, here as well. That's what I mean. They they're stranded. Very well informed. Yeah, they're, they're stuck. They're they're inconvenienced children. <laughs> waylaid, yeah. waylaid children. Yeah, sojourned. Yeah, <laughs> they're every they're everything except lost. <laughs> the kids say that yeah, they're the, the lost children. They're looking for them. The, the the team, especially Eric's, like all right. So where's your ship then? And um, I think at this point they're still thinking, you know, ship, like boat. And yeah. the kids are like, oh, our ship has been taken by Venger. The kids say that all their elders are gone as well, except their last one, who is also being held by Venger and was captured with them when he took their... I actually put boat in my notes and when they took their ship. And we'll find out more about this in a bit. We cut now to Venger, who is overseeing a dude welding a spaceship his name is alfor alfor <laughs> and, and and actually at this point i think it still kind of looks like a hull they only really show you like yeah. the side of a well you do see could what, be a metal ship yeah, I well guess, i think but... you see the back end and you see what could be a rocket thruster yeah you, you're not quite able to tell but it is definitely a spaceship <laughs> when we see the full reveal of this ship I like. I'll, I'm going to talk. I'll tell you what it looks like now. It looks like Dick Dastardly's car from Wacky Races. <laughs> yes, it really does. Like the angles on yeah. the top, and the fact that the open cabin. It's got the least the amount fuck, of metal. Who the fuck designs a, a, a convert, an open top spaceship? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you know, they've either I, got amazing glass or force field technology well, that no, they really trust. Yeah, because well, Eric just jumps through. Like, we will, anyway, we'll come to it in a bit. But yeah, like I love the idea of oh, you know, I want my spaceship 
uh, can you make me a drop top spaceship? <laughs> we don't know. Space space in this universe could be <laughs> could have all air. It could just be air, exactly, the whole way between all planets. Well, that wouldn't work. Like, the, be... sun, the suns would just burn everything. <laughs> I, I retract say, my statement. I was going to say, it was like pure oxygen, just like space is constant fire. Nothing but fire. <laughs> be amazing, though. <laughs> if you leave the orbit of your planet, you just like melt. Did not think that went through. <laughs> Yeah, so Venger is walking down some stairs and he's overseeing this guy who's welding the ship. And we can't see this guy because he's wearing a full... What's, he's basically wearing a hazmat suit. Mm. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a weld. Do you know who he looks gear, like is... in this suit? He looks like Moltar from Space Ghost. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> he is just Moltar. Just all blue instead. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Venger is asking like... Well, no, Venger's actually saying... When, once this ship is power, I have the ship is fixed. It will make me even more powerful. Like how? Because how he can go to he can the go moon. to space. He can carve like, his mate, face on it. He can carve his face on the moon. <laughs> this is the ultimate goal of all evil dictators. <laughs> no, I think it's just Cobra. We then see Shadow Demon reporting that the lost children and Dungeon Master's young ones have appeared nearby. Benger is really pleased by this. He's like, good, good, awesome. The engineer then says to Venger that. If he harms the kids, he will stop working for him. He'll he'll no longer work at repairing the ship. And Venger goes to threaten him. And he's like, you'll do what I tell you. And like, shoot some lightning bolt in front of him. And this guy's just like, gives no fucks. He's like, you can't intimidate v- me, Venger. Uh, if you do this, I will just stop working. You'll never have this ship. So Venger actually concedes. And he tells Shadow Demon to go and capture the kids without harming them. We then cut to the kids around a campfire eating. Finally, they're getting, a f- they're getting some food. <laughs> Just veggie kebabs, though. Yeah. After days of not eating. Well, we find out what like these 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 they're all vegetarians. Mm. I didn't note them here, but just my next note is Eric jokes. There's just yes for salt. <laughs> Oh, that's it. And one of the one of the kids' name is like Sogar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sogar. Sogar yeah, and he he just makes a lot of jokes about salt, salt and, and sugar, sugar and, and yeah, it's dumb. Diane then notes that the fire is dying down. And one of the, the, the kids go, says, oh, I'll go and get some more firewood. I think you find they say, oh, I will go get some more firewood. <laughs> I hate their accents. They're so creepy. Bobby then goes to, turns to Sheila and goes, can I go and get some firewood? I'm old enough. I'm like, mate, you have been fighting things through. Like, of course you can go and get <laughs> fucking permission fire. to this is like wood. On the scale of things that you guys do in this, you, this is like right down there with basic. <laughs> you survived like, swamp dragon poison, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wood, whatever. You fought Venger. You rescued the entire team from prison not yeah, long ago. Yeah, prison of agony, no less. Sheila is like, yeah, of course you can, Bobby. Go ahead. So Bobby heads out with Sogar, and there they go and get the firewood. And we cut to them walking back, and Sogar saying like, "Oh, you're so you're so lucky being allowed out. How old are you?" And he's like, "Oh no, she's like she she just asks how old he is, and he's like, I'm almost ten now. So this is like since his birthday, like yeah. damn near a year has mm. passed. It's dark." Yeah, Sogar's like, oh, you're so lucky. I wasn't allowed out by myself until I was 55. And Bobby's like, how old are you now? He's like 74. And Bobby's reaction to this is fucking amazing because <laughs> he literally just, like this bundle of firewood, just drops it and runs up going, ah! 
Sheila just runs back to Sheila and starts yelling. Uni is so bemused because she like looks at Sogar, looks at Bobby, and then just kind of goes and runs off as well. Bobby's like Sheila, Sheila, Sogar's seventy-four years old, or whatever the fuck it is. And Eric's like, don't be ridiculous. Such a tattletale. Eric's like, don't be ridiculous. They've got to be joke. That's a joke. And one of the other kids is like, yes, yes, it's a joke. He's not seventy-four. He's seventy-three. And a half, or something. Or seventy-three and a half. half. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's kind of completely baffled and bewildered by this. And like, this is not the strangest thing you've come across in this world. You just had no. a box that opened into other dimensions. Having someone who's like 55 and looks like a kid, that's, that shouldn't be breaking your mind at this point. I think they say Alpha is 552. Mm, and he's middle aged. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's 552. He's middle aged. I mean, it looks damn good for middle aged. It's hard to tell, though, really, isn't it? I mean, he's still got lush hair. Like I assume, <laughs> like I assume these guys, as they get older, go go bald, so they go back to well, they being just get hairless. even hairier because they start out fairly hairless. No, they'll go they'll go bald in all the 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 un- inconvenient places and just they'll have like epic curly, ear hair, just ginger. <laughs> yeah, which is the fucking worst about getting old. Anyway, yeah. So the team just are flabbergasted and can't believe how old is how old they are. Like you say, Al, they they tell them that their elder Alpha is five hundred and fifty two, and Hank's like. Wow, okay, but he just cuts over everyone who's like, well, never mind that. We should get some sleep because we've got a big day tomorrow. Or get so tomorrow you're not the oldest anymore, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you're not in charge, do. yeah. Your power of age it has no sway over them. <laughs> a big day tomorrow with Venger. <laughs> Does he say I love that. It's like they've got a date, date yeah. with Venger. Yeah. I've written that big date with Venger tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to take him out for dinner and like... Oh, I, I, I want to sit excited. Finally, so fabulous. What am I going to wear? We're going to finally see what's under that skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the Venture wears very dainty ankle boots under there that he kind of casually reveals like a Victorian lady every now and then. <laughs> you all right? The team go to bed getting dreaming of Venger. It's like, oh, oh, Venger, you're so fabulous. <laughs> I want to grow up to, I wanted, <laughs> I want to grow up to be just like you. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I would want to grow up to be just like Venger. Yeah, if you Venger's having to be the anyone. best time. Yeah, he's got a lot of real estate. Yeah, he's, <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's made, successful. Yeah, he has made some sound investments. He's got a lot of employees. You know, he actually. <laughs> I mean, he's not to, um, he's not great on workers' rights, but no, but nobody's yeah. perfect. Compared to some cartoon villains, he actually seems to have a good grip on his empire. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, Venger is like definitely up there in terms of competent cartoon villains. Like even when the team get one over and on him, he like he makes the most. Like it's you know when when Sawboss got beat, he TP'd away in in shame. When fucking Venger gets beat, he creates mushroom clouds in his image. <laughs> in his face yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this always, guy's badass to whenever, him. He's just back. He's yeah, back, exactly. Yeah. I was about to say whenever he's banished by anyone else, they're always very quick to point out like, oh, he won't be gone for long. You know, like nobody is powerful yeah. enough mm. to just get rid of him. He doesn't retreat. Basically, no. he does. Get, he gets beaten, but he's back again. Mm. So the next day. The team are heading out to another one of Venger's castles. <laughs> I love you. Like I'd love at some point. I'd love to go through this and figure out how many castles Venger has. I'd He's got to... like one design idea for whoever builds them. It's just metal as fuck. <laughs> yeah. right? This one's like it's all, it's all like marble coloured. I guess it's yeah. spiny, but it's almost got like this geometric artichoke heart type mm-hmm. pattern around the inside of it. The, the like the base of it. It's amazing. Yeah. The team kind of crop. They they end up on like a an overlook, looking down into like the basin surrounding the the, the castle, and it's just full on army encampment. Like every, there's there's just 
tons of like lizardmen and orcs and all avengers lackeys just fully encamped out it's like if you think about like medieval when they're set when they're sieging a castle it, it, mm. it's almost like that, there's that quantity of people it's outside. the castle town isn't it yeah and, and thus, but thus it's all begins, tents and things yeah it's tense thus begins <laughs> sheila's <laughs> sheila's ineptitude with using the cape see i didn't think it was as bad as you're making out but I, i'd like to hear so you so they, they they're basically talking among themselves saying there's no way we can get in there and she was like one of us can hey me look at me sneaky sneaky boots and she's like so she's going to turn invisible use her cloak and sneak on her way in she sets out the team are watching anxiously don't know why they're watching how can they see her what are they watching (laughs) how are they tracking her progress it's true (laughs) but they know they know when she got inside how I, I, this, the, 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 that more than Sheila's usage of the cloak is what really bothered me. But she sneaks past a load of people, and when she finally gets to the the main entrance, there's two lizardmen. 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 Uh, lizardmen. Argue yeah. it. Uh, so I should explain why me and Naomi find the 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 like the way you say lizardmen really funny, and just the anything men. So yeah. AW, AW Wrestling, the current world champion is Hangman Page. Jim Ross, one of the announcers, JR, he always calls him Hangman. Just pronounce it Hangman. Hangman. Like with and it's like Mr. Hangman. Mr. Hangman. <laughs> and it just makes us chuckle really, really a lot. So now it is, yeah, that's why. You had to be there. Yeah, so for no reason, <laughs> she gets to the gate with the guards and, and goes, for no reason, she's like, oh, Mr. Lizard Lips, what are you fucking saying? She just goes, oh, you lizard lips. And one of the guards goes, what did you call me? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> no reason. I don't know why you no were offended by that if you're a lizard. Through the gate. And why, why would one lizard call another one lizard lips? And well, as an insult as well. Exactly. Like, it's just Maybe it's coming on to him. You're like, invisible, lizard but you can still be heard. <laughs> so why would yeah. you make noise to draw mm-hmm. some attention to yeah. you? Well, like, yeah, maybe that was actually like, you know, a come on kind of thing in there. Yeah. There's like, hey, lizard lips. <laughs> hey. <laughs> So she makes it inside the castle because, like I say, one goes, oil, she goes, oh, Elizabeth, one goes, what do you say? And the other one's like, nothing, just fucking wash a guard, you know, and they immediately just go back to normal. So she makes <laughs> it inside. No for any of and what, what is, what's the first thing she does when she makes it inside? It takes her hood off. Takes the fucking hood off. Yeah, and okay. I will say again. This, I will say this was done. This is like the it's first like, of three or four times where she does this mm, as well. I, the, the only reason I, I like, I admit that it's stupid, but I am. I think this is purely to give the audience yeah, definitely like a touch point of where she is because you know it, it. It becomes the longer you leave her invisible and you just have tracking shots of nothing, it, it becomes hard to watch for. So that's the. I granted in actual practicality, yes, dumb, but for storyboarding purposes, I can see why it's there. But she then comes across the the thing that just bothered me about it is the fact that she takes it off to look around. It's like when she's got <laughs> it up, she can't see. She can't see. Yeah. <laughs> Although having said that, I do have a couple of hoodies with really big hoods, mm. and I, when you're crossing roads with really big hoods up, it's a bit. Especially in Amsterdam, it's a. Taking your life in your hands, yeah. She's going through the entranceway. She comes across a laser tripwire. Not just <laughs> any tripwire, just a fucking laser. You know, she's going to go uh, all Catherine Zeta-Jones. High perception role. Yeah. <laughs> and this laser tripwire is holding the ricketyest cage, just like... she's <laughs> it's like moving she, in, yeah. in the breeze. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's maybe, what, four, five foot something? And this yeah. cage is at, like, six foot height. <laughs> So if you are tall, you're just gonna bite this. This is not an effective not trap. trap. No. <laughs> Unless you're Elizabeth, who should know it's there anyway, because you probably. Oh, don't even. That happens later. Sorry. Yeah. 
after she bypasses this laser tripwire, she she says like, oh, I'm going to head to the basement. Hopefully, that's where the dungeon is. I'm like, that's the fair assumption. Dungeons. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's only two options. Your dungeon's either going to be real far down at the bottom or real high up at the top. You don't have dungeons in the middle, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's so, like, so here's the kitchen, here's the dungeon. Okay, granted, she does actually show herself a few times, right? And and granted, I what you're saying, like mm. it's for the kids and yeah, yeah. going on. But then when she actually gets to the dungeon, she just walks along it saying the guy's name. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, yeah, this is really quite loud. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah, be yeah, invisible yeah. and just check every cell. Mm. Like, whisper and, into the cell. And she and the other thing is she has no, like, no idea what this guy actually looks like and didn't think to ask the kids so she had some kind of frame of reference because as she's going along shouting into all these cells looking for Alphor, this one guy appears who just looks like a guy in like a green hood and he's like oh, hey, i'm Alphor, yeah it, it's venger effectively <laughs> yeah, he's got a sinister face yeah, yeah. venger kind of knew that they were outside because I think Shadow Demon reported that they they they'd showed up. Yeah, Venger like Venger had just been sitting down here waiting. <laughs> he yeah, immediately went and locked himself in the dungeon. <laughs> just like I know what will happen. Uh, he just I'm, smoke bombed as yeah. well. He's like, <laughs> like boom! I've, oh, it's Venger. Yeah, <laughs> and Sheila for being a fucking idiot does not immediately pull her hood up and run off invisible. No, I she just why does she there. even have the hood? She off just stands there, all. being like, oh no, it's Venger. Well, she, I thought she swooned a little bit. She's like, well, Venger, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> like she. Took Turns down to Lawrence, but Venger? No, she's mm-hmm. on board. It's yes, that horn, man. It, it gets them all the time. Exactly. The stilts and the horn. That's <laughs> what I look for in a man. <laughs> Tinder swiping. Must, no, no, no stilts. No, no, stilts, no horn. <laughs> what I want is a circus work. <laughs> so we cut to the back outside, and Pressel's like, something must have happened. It's been hours. <laughs> It's like, yeah, probably. Like, if it's been yeah. hours, definitely. And one so of the cre- creepy child all of a sudden is like, well, there's a 97% chance that something has happened. It's like, what the fuck is up with these children? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, are they, are, they, are they Vulcans or are they androids? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because they're just all stats and probability now. Dungeon Master appears and says, yes, something has happened, but don't worry. You will find victory and defeat. And then immediately fucks off again. No further context. <laughs> Really like you are, by. you are an asshole. Yeah, like you've not helped at all. You are no. just an A grade asshole. Fuck you. So after he disappears, the team are then immediately a- attacked by the Cyclops people from the episode one of Ulysses Thirty One. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, actually, yeah, with the hoods and everything. Yep. Yeah, but they've got, but they've got pink double ended glowing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> thing. That that, that <laughs> pink double ended could have gone somewhere else. <laughs> Well, we don't know what's under those robes. <laughs> Being doublet. <laughs> <laughs> they're on. They're on like flying. They're all on like flying dino turkey things. Yeah, as well. and they all kind of like jump off and start attacking the team. And the team put up a pretty good fight, but they do eventually. The the cyclops is eventually overpowered. Like Diana goes and does some acrobatics. Hank tries to shoot some of them, but they just deflect his arrows. Finally, everyone's kind of been subdued. And Presto, it's up to Presto. And Presto's magic's like, hocus pocus, didgeridoo, make oh, something bad. But he's like, make Vengers minions appear in the lost and found or something to that effect. I forget. Yeah. And then nothing happens and like Presto apologizes. And then we smash cut to... I imagine this is commercial break, right? This mm. must be a commercial break but moment. We smash cut to Venger looking down on the robed figures with 
all the the not lost children and Bobby being escorted in like they've been captured. And I did like this because Venger looks out and goes, they've even captured the barbarian. That's good. I think this is a reference, a subtle reference to the prison of agony because Bobby was the one that broke everyone out. So he's mm-hmm. like really happy that Bobby's been captured because he's already also broke make him out an argument once that before. He has the most powerful weapon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I yeah. think that's definitely implied a mm-hmm. lot because Venger seems to covet the the covet the the Thunder Club. The Thunder Club. Oh, is it? Called it's the called the Thunder Club. Club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which Thunder the Barbarian is reference? Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, Avengers like really happy that they've been captured. We then cut down to the group as they're being escorted in, and it turns out that the people under the hoods are actually the rest of the D and D team. And so Hank, Diane, Presto, and Eric, and it's just mentioned in passing that Presto's magic made the Cyclops guys just disappear. It's like it's the one time, cannon. the you know what I mean. Thing- I'm just annoyed because the one time Presto's magic like genuinely worked 110%, we don't get to see it as the audience. <laughs> well, imagine though, the animators like animated some kind of them dissolving into nothingness because that's <laughs> essentially what they implied happened. Like, <laughs> so, like the, how I would have animated this would have just been to have the a poof and then just the robes fall into a pile yeah, on the ground. Exactly. Like, it's true. Uh, the death of, basically the death of Obi-Wan. Right, it's not even death if you do that. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's just, but that, that's the kind of effect I would have gone for—just the robes collapsing and then having vanished, probably into into the uh, Salvador Dali universe, because that seems to be all the alternate universes mm-hmm. in this world. The team kind of are coming to the main entrance, and Eric's talking some shit. I think Diana's like, "No, shut up and pay attention," and uh, they overhear. What uh, an orc going past the lizardman, and he gives a password, and they open a gate, which Sheila didn't need to do, apparently. Like different entrance, maybe I don't know. They they overhear the password, so they're not very covert about this password because they literally just overhear it. He just bellows it. They have not been trained on like protecting against social engineering. <laughs> like <laughs> they would be Avengers yeah. menu two factor authentication. Come on, like <laughs> should be doing something secret at the same time. Secret handshake. Avengers fucking admin guys must be having to deal with the fallout from phishing attacks constantly. <laughs> it's like all his orcs are just oh yeah, boner pills. Oh, oh like boner pills. Like around the castle is just littered with USBs and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, what's this? I'll take it inside and give it a go." <laughs> Well, presumably, after Sheila so easily broke into the castle, then they set up the password system <laughs> as a response. It's true. They're not used to it yeah. yet. So yeah. Really it and they've all got it written down on a post-it note in their pocket. <laughs> password <laughs> next to it. The password is password1234. It could three, four. be orcish for password. Yeah, the word that they found, yeah definitely. So they, they, the team used the password that they were over here and they get let inside. Which the t- the the lizardmen can see their fucking faces, man. <laughs> but they're just like, no, yeah, fine. Yeah. You're wearing the right uniform. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> that's it. It. like, well, they're in the cult robes. Like, <laughs> let them in. Shadow Demon then sees the team. It goes back and tells Vendor, like, hey, no, they they they've sneaked in in disguise. And Vendor's like, yeah, I know, it's fine. I mean, I I, I want them here. This is going to be so easy now. <laughs> they've brought, they've delivered themselves to me. Vendor is not lacking in confidence. <laughs> Who can blame him? I mean, yeah, if you look like that, you'd have all the confidence in the world, right? The team make their way down to the dungeon, and there's an orc guard there, and Eric's like, hey, no, I'll uh, I'll go and ask for directions. <laughs> and he he rolls the worst like bluff check ever. He blags it though. Mm-hmm. Like the D like the DM's kind at this point, because like he he must have rolled just enough to pass the check, right? 
it's like yeah. this is this is like a, a, a you know a, like a, a 15 check and he maybe rolled a 15 or even a 14 but the dm was feeling kind or maybe the uh the 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 like he he failed the 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 like bluff or charisma check but the orc failed his perception check perception, even yeah, yeah, yeah it's true because he just grabs it he grabs him doesn't he he's yeah like, he's like that way yeah because no it, eric's all like oh you know i have to take these guys to the dungeon is that the new dungeon or the old dungeon and you have a moment where you think the orc is gonna yeah like, wail on him but, and he, got, he just says oh it's cell three down there <laughs> the team head down and they start shouting like go, looking through this the, the cells and they come across cell number three and they go to open the door and then I think is it uni that like mm. knocks on the door and it's not cell yes. three, it's like thirteen. Dust is covering up the one. Yeah. <laughs> and as they open it. An undead ogre. Yeah, yeah there's definitely female, a touch of the zombie un- about it. Female, yeah. like kind of ogre-y, undead type. Basically he the worst date ever comes out of this this cell and attacks them. Uh troglodyte woman, basically. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. it. Trog proper trog trog woman. Uh she attacks them. At which point, Sheila kind of just sticks her head out of her prison door. He's like, oh, guys, I'm down here. <laughs> and uh, they, they, they manage to, like, get this troglodyte woman back into the cell and shut the cell on her. They go back, they get she- they break Sheila out, and then Eric goes to find Alfor, and he opens the door to Alfor, and this very hairy... I, 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 actually, I actually noted here, Chewbacca opens the door. Yeah, which is the very gingerest beast man ever. It's basically Chew- the ginger Chewbacca, and uh, mm-hmm. Eric freaks the fuck out. He's like, "No, it's a, it's a beast. No, no." He's no, no. trying to close the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the 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 not lost children, are like, "No, no, that's Alfor. That's Alfor." And he's like, <laughs> "Eric refers to him as a Wookie." Yeah. Which I was, I thought hilarious. hilarious. I was like, yeah. are you not going to get a copyright infringement here? No, I mean this is not a copyright thing, is it? But no, like, no. yeah, the, it, it does. Like I said earlier, it confirms that Star Wars exists in their world, which opens up a whole range of exciting possibilities. There's a moment where all the all the team are like, "You're going to grow into that." Oh no! I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> like, just, just it's so, so condescending. Like you're already quite ginger, but this is the most ginger you could possibly be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, they're a bit condescending about like how oh you're going to be a hideous hairy thing. I'm like actually he's kind of dashing for a hairy guy. And also it's normal yeah. for their people. Yeah. So you know why would they be upset about it? The morning for these people has got to be hell. Like shampoo, <laughs> blow. Oh, how long yeah. you got a blow dry? The hoovering has got to be an utter yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Static. Yeah. <laughs> going down like... a slide. Going down like a tube slide at a kid's. Like bar. imagine you, if like, KG never... was the size of a person. Yeah. You that's what it's ne- like. You could never wear clothes with zippers. You wouldn't wear clothes at all, would you? Mm. Well, no, hair. that's true. That's he, he is basically naked, actually, mm. when you see him. But his just, hair... That's why... That explains why he was wearing the full welding mm. yeah, hair. Yeah, spark. any spark yeah. is fucked, yeah. <laughs> Burning so, hair as well, the smell of... Oh, it's like, the hair. worst. But, like, the one thing that I found... Because he is naked, apart from his hair, but his hair is kind of styled like clothes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got, like, it's patterns. He's layered, he's layered, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got undercuts, like, going on. Anyway, they get Al 4 out. And they start heading towards the the ship. They get to the ship, and this is where we see this ship that Benja's got in a room on a pedestal. And it, it is a red ship that is... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. The way they get to the ship is being human stilts. Oh, yeah, sorry. They're, yeah. Like, they're like, how yes. are we going to get past yes. the guards? We are going to get three people per cape. Yes. Like, riding piggyback on each other. And yeah, so you've got what you've got is like a few members of like Alpha, all the tall people on the bottom with two kids each on their shoulders, except Sheila, who is like, no, I can go invisible. Just invisible yeah. Next to him, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So they uh, they sneak up and they get to where the spaceship is. And this is where the kids kind of say they're not from this world and they crashed here. So they're not lost. They're not lost. They're stranded. Like the, the, the creators of this show need to understand that and all cartoon shows apparently need to look up the dictionary definition of lost. <laughs> but it's dramatic <laughs> license, isn't it? Like the stranded children doesn't have the same ring as the lost children. Or yeah, the lost but- city is not, you know... <laughs> yeah, it's dramatic license. It's too I, much. It's too much dramatic license yeah. taken, though. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's a fee. Yeah, it's you, a fee. Nero is not willing to pay. Yeah, I, I like the, you know. There are other words you can have that have the same. Yeah, the same I agree. Lost. I, mm-hmm. I do agree. Although, yeah, no, totally. It, it does open a whole thing that there are other planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. This, like, in this fantasy world, there are other planets, which is interesting because the campaign I'm DMing right now, one of the characters is a warforged, but he is a warforged from another planet. Mm. And oh, I cool. didn't realize until I started doing this campaign, this is Ian's character, mm-hmm. that I Googled it and there is actually space in yeah. Feyrun, <laughs> in the in the core D&D world. This, there is space and another planet. This is why I really like my idea of just having a D&D campaign, but with Borg inserted into the <laughs> yeah, middle of it. Totally yeah, you totally could. Yeah, yeah completely. No, Warforged could be used. Yeah, that. exactly. So they go to get, like you said, they've been... They, they, the kids say that yes, we're we're not from this planet. We we crashed here on our way somewhere. So we've got to talk about the ship. The ship is, like I say, structure in the t- the overall body design of this ship is it looks the same shape as Dick Dastardly's car from mm. Wacky Races. So it's kind but of it's like pointy. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's cherry red. It's and it's kind of like it's very Orson Welles time traveler kind of steampunky as well. It's got mm-hmm. lots of baroque and ornamental fixtures and filigrees and things on it. It's open top, like and it, it never is not open top for the entire time we see it. So either these guys. Can don't need oxygen and I guess or pressure, yeah, <laughs> and or heat of any kind. Or well, they but, fundamentally misunderstand space. <laughs> yeah, like, they got here this somehow. Is, yeah. This so is how. <laughs> this is why you crashed. <laughs> yeah, force fields. I can imagine. Mm, yeah, maybe. But anyway, um, they, I, I love that the, the, they're like, oh, how we need to repair it. I, I was like, oh, I just need to fix the motivator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, come on, ship, you can do it. <laughs> we believe in you. <laughs> it's the little ship that could. <laughs> <laughs> it's the intergalactic equivalent of an alternator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he says you're going to start flying. Uh, they can fix the ship. And Eric's like, I would not fly in that ship if Benju was stood right next to me, which he is. And Benjur is, exactly. is just orders his lizardmen to attack, and they oh, a lot of them just appear out of alcoves from around the room. So Benjur's just been lying in wait with his army of lizardmen. The lizardmen attack, and the we cut to Presto, and Eric's like, Presto, do something. And Eric Presto tries to summon a ten-ton tank, but summons a tiny toy tank. More on that later. Sheila manages to lure some lizardmen down the corridor and trap them in their own trap. Yeah, the cage. They're not bright. <laughs> they are dumb as fuck. She sort of mocks their learning disability on the way she out. Does. Well. She does. She does. She's yeah. like, lizard men, blah, 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 or Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah she, she does. throws some shade on the way out. <laughs> yeah, she, she mocks, mocks their, their stunted speech impediment. Alfor, meanwhile, is fixing the ship under... Like while all this battle is going on around live fire, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a chopper down in in Nam basically. Black Hawk down, Black Hawk down, and Alfor finally gets the ship working. He orders everyone to pile into the ship. Well, actually, no, because first Eric jumps into the ship and he's like, "When will this fly?" He's, he's like trying to get it started, like just bashing Eric, buttons. You do. He's he's going from the uh, the J school of f- flight school, <laughs> which is just smash my hands onto the control panel and go. 
But yeah, so eventually he, Alpha gets the ship working and the, the team jump in the ship and they start flying out. Venger is about to attack them as they're taking off, at which point Presto's tank, little toy tank that he summoned earlier just kind of bumps into Venger's foot. And Venger's like, the fuck is this? There's stamps on it. And it's like a flashbang and it stuns him. <laughs> just <into> explodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it stuns him for a moment, just enough time for them to take off and start flying to the exit. The exit, of course. <laughs> the which... exit. <laughs> it's like a, a, a two-way masher. <laughs> it's a circular window yeah. that just yeah. happens to be on the castle wall. And yeah, it's got jaws, right? Teeth. Yeah. Well, it's got horizontal, like, horizontal and, and vertical vertically, yeah. alternating. It's ridiculous. So like, it, it, it's that typical spaceship escaping from the closing doors of a space station scene. That happens. You know, Some, like, someone says, we're going to need a, a stunt pilot for this. And Al, Al Four, his name is like, just says, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> yeets the ship out I'm, I'm beginning a hole. I'm beginning to see why the ship crashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, that's, what come, that's what comes with immortality, though. Yeah. You just don't give a fuck. Like, if you, you live forever, you're just not going to give a shit. Do you think Alpha was handbrake turning around the moon or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do donuts, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Burnouts around, around the planet. <laughs> so they managed to escape out of this uh, this chompy window, for want of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> it really is and uh but as they fly out venture's like well if i can't have the spaceship no one fucking can and he shoots it down and we just see the ship the ship kind of go down and crash in the distance and always confirm your kills yeah mm. shadow demon goes to venger what about them and he's like oh they're they're, they're probably dead no doubt destroyed in the no crash d- everything's destroyed in the crash what like, about the magic weapons yeah that probably too it's like <laughs> you, it. you went to another plane of existence to hunt to make sure you got these magic weapons in the last episode this time you're just like yeah it's fine they're dead <laughs> like I'm I'm so confident they're dead and we then cut to it's the it's not team. even that far away no. <laughs> smoking it would have taken Shadow Demon like three minutes to just zip over and check and be like no no yeah. they're not dead I think it's good the Avenger knows how to let things go though you know just move on to the next thing. <laughs> so we then cut to the team and they've just crash landed in the swamp and they're all fine. Like, n- not even a bump or a bruise. They climb out of the ship and they're apologizing. I'm like, I oh, was sorry you can't get home. He's like, no, I think I can still fix the ship. And Eric's like, how long will it take you to fix the ship? We want to get going. He's like, oh, you know, not long, only 15 years. And the kids are like, oh, like the the not lost children are like, only 15 years. That's amazing. And, and Eric's like, we need to find a different ride. <laughs> Yeah. And for some reason, Hank is, takes a real is issue is with that. Up, like, you know, Eric is right. There is no point in them staying here. And when he points it out, is it Hank is just a bit like Eric, you know? Yeah, well, no. my 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 theory here is what I would have said to Alfor is, hey, have you got some kind of like modern intergalactic or long distance communication device? Because if we're still here in 15 years, then <laughs> which is likely, shell, yeah. which is likely we'll, we'll come back and we'll get a, we'll hitch a lift for you. No, they don't need to because next year they're going to go to the cave where the frog people are, <laughs> you know, with the water that goes upwards. Well, yes. But I, I have to ask though, what about the ship says it can get them home? It can go to different planets in this dimension. No one said that it can travel across dimensions. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't actually established that they are in another dimension and didn't just take a wormhole-type portal to in another this. planet. Yeah, exactly. I but mean, it's possible. Covered. Yeah. It just so happens that loads of doorways open up to that <laughs> planet. I assume, I assume there are other doorways that magically open to other worlds, too, in this place. So it, maybe it's like a hub. You know, yeah, like the so, trash mm, planet in mm. Thor Ragnarok. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. this is that planet. Or in um, the, the Magician's Nephew, where you have that kind of in-between liminal world that's just mm. full of ponds, and when you go mm. into a pond, you end up somewhere else, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah, they they head off to try and like we don't end on real Eric jokes on this one. This is like a one exception. They just kind no. of they just kind of decide, oh yeah, we're gonna go. They're off like goodbye, tr- farewell, yeah. that's mm. it. The sh- the spaceship is fucked. Like, yeah, totally. completely. And they're just like, whatever, fifteen years sounds reasonable. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then then they head off. I this is a weird episode. I did like I say, I did not remember this one at all. I, I did not expect it to go the way it was going. Yeah. I found it. It's aliens. Yes. So I, I, interestingly, when I was doing this googling earlier, I found some other cool stuff because I was looking. I was trying to find out some more information about these aliens and other worlds in D and D, and that's when I stumbled across the game, and I stumbled across a a one quarter size one quarter scale replica figure of Venger. Oh, I think it was awesome. It's amazing, but it's like nearly two grand. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You can surely commission someone to make something like that that's cheaper. I found I found one of Sheila, which is really cool. You're going to uh, over Cagey's tail if you go back any further. Okay. I found one of Sheila, Sheila that was really cool where she's going, uh, like creeping upstairs and just about to pull a hood up. That piece of art you found. Yeah, I found a really cool piece of fan art, which is like Sheila just partially uncloaking her hood and you can see her, but the bits of her that are still cloaked you can just see through it's a really oh, nice. cool piece of art um, and then I got into what some fandom wiki somewhere talking about Shelia and specifically talking about Bobby in fact that's it because there's been some crossover with uh, something realms one of the other RP systems forgotten forgotten realms the that and uh, someone's actually written something in there about and it's confirmed Bobby was killed by Tiamat oh my oh. god he was this eaten alive Baldur's Gate the, the game Baldur's Gate I yeah, think, had had some pictures of some of the characters, and it was like R.I.P. pictures. I think Bobby was a gravestone. You're right. Yeah, um, and well, yeah, Bob- but I think I think Hank and Presto are pictures in a tavern somewhere mm-hmm. in Baldur's Gate, the game. Yeah, and it talks about the fact that they lived lived forever in the Dungeons and Dragons world. Yeah, they never got home. But yeah, yeah. Bob Bobby is confirmed as to have been eaten alive by Tiamat. That's horrendous. Sheila has managed to convince. Presto, some really big wizard to take on Presto as his apprentice. So Presto is actually under the tutelage of a competent wizard. And Sheila has become like this world-renowned thief. She's trading in her invisibility cloak for like a, a red gown. And she wears lots of magic rings and things. Ah. Hank is dead. Good. Don't know what happened to Eric. Probably also dead, I'm guessing. I mean, maybe eventually he just gave up and didn't come back. So he is Yeah, <laughs> Maybe he went back to Queen's Inn. Took the riches. Well, no, because she, she was still <laughs> dog ugly. But still cash. rich. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, no, because her brother would be king, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, so he would, yeah. yeah. Him. Well, you, well, I was going to say maybe he swings both ways. Yeah. Mm. We should not assume. But yeah, three interesting episodes. The the third one is a real like, curveball in terms of where <laughs> it goes. Did not expect it. The first one is... No, totally. The first one's cool because of the, the it's not focused on them trying to get home. Mm. It's no, just I a, remember Donkey Man from being a kid as well. Yeah. I remember the... I character. didn't remember any of these the three. Bo- the box was weird. The box was... The it box, was great. I, yeah. It's a great episode. Mm. It's a shit name for the episode. It feels like they <laughs> yeah. forgot to finish that title card. Yeah. Like they got halfway yes. through painting it and then like went for lunch or something. Just like, oh, what should we call this? Uh, the chest of wonders, the chest of many places. Nah, fuck it, the box. <laughs> it's just, it's so out of whack with all the other titles. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like if Balsagoth made a song that was just called The Sword. Yeah, or if you, you know, you've got children that are called like Hermione and Persephone, and then you just call the third one like Tim. Sue. <laughs> Is that you no, know? Like, that, put any like, into eventually, this one. that's where it's got to go, right? If someone's written all the books called the Sword of something, eventually someone will come out with a book that's just called the Sword. 
but it will be like a high fa- high fantasy drama. Yeah, <laughs> the sword is a, is a is a must read. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's the most generic like generic fantasy trope. Oh, it's it's the something of something. No, I'm just thinking, oh, like, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> no, just a book called Magic. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard, yes. <laughs> Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. If you're going to write your best selling fantasy book, just call it Adventure. <laughs> yes, Dungeons. <laughs> yeah. So this makes me think of like, oh God, I used to love Borders in Cambridge when that was still a thing. And I would spend hours browsing the fantasy section. And some of the titles were fucking amazing. And there's one book that I never read and I regret. It was called Sir Apropos of Nothing. It's just a comedy fantasy adventure about a knight called Sir Apropos. <laughs> nice. That's that has been another episode of Protein Ramblings. We will be back with more Dungeons and Dragons soon. And I'm I'm really toying with the idea of uh, once we finish with this, doing the Dean Dungeons and Dragons movies. Oh god, yeah, so bad. Any of them. This is why Jeremy's never seen them. <laughs> I've seen the one with Jeremy Irons. Uh, yes, I was aware so of it. Bad. I didn't realize there was so bad. I, the sequels look, have been better reviewed, the, and the sequels are like fucking made-for-TV movies. I assume they probably are. Yeah. But you, like, I remember the movie coming out, and I remember it bombing so hard, so it seems weird that you would make sequels. Man, it's Mafia Money Laundering 101. <laughs> well, make it, shit films, asylum, people will buy them. <laughs> asylum films versions of Dungeons Anyway, Dragons. we have prattled on for quite a long time, so I'm going to let you guys go, and we'll be back next week. Don't forget to check out our website, ProteinRamblings.com, Facebook slash ProteinRamblings, at Protein Ramblings on Twitter, at Protein Ramblings on Instagram. Not that I post much on there anymore at the moment. Just can't be asked. And Fair also <laughs> Protein Ramblings on Tumblr, but Tumblr's been being weird because I normally upload all our episodes to Tumblr, but I've just gone back to Tumblr and all the previous episodes now, instead of being like properly formatted, they've fucked the links up. Mm-hmm. And I like you can still download the episode from Tumblr, but it just doesn't hasn't presented itself as well. So I need to go back and redo a load of the episodes. But We are on Tumblr and you can check us there. Until next week, stay safe out there, kids. Give me a break. (laughs) Don't trust men wearing skirts with stilts. Don't trust Lizardman. Mr. Lizardman.